Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can do that in the links in the description and in the comments. I don't know why my mic is so low on this end. Let me fix something here. Check one, two, check. Okay, that's a little bit louder. Some update on my mic and yeah, now it's acting weird, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. So you're going to get a number here in 30 seconds. I'm giving you time. 30 seconds, you'll see a number. If you're in the United States, I need you guys to listen closely here. If you're in the United States, you're going to call the phone number. The phone number is going to ask you for the meeting ID. Both of those are going to be on screen right now. I'm going to leave them on screen, okay? So if I'm in the U.S., I pick up my phone and I call. If I'm out of the U.S., you still can call on the phone number, but the best way to do it is to join via Zoom. Use the Zoom app. Go on your phone, Zoom, or whatever, your laptop, whatever you're using, and let me make sure it's unlocked and join that way. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to put the number on screen. Everyone's going to have it at the same time unless you're on old school Facebook and you're probably going to get a little bit later because they have a delay. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Mark Zuckerberg. But you're going to have the number at the same time and then you're going to call. I'm going to leave the call open. Okay, Once like 10 people join that call, I'm going to lock the call. And the reason why I'm locking it is because if I leave the number on screen the entire time, then the problem is going to be throughout an hour and a half show or an hour show, people are just going to be sitting on hold and never get through. So the reason why I unlock the meeting, people join, then I lock it. So you're not sitting on hold for hours. So that's it. If you get in, there's still a chance you don't get your question answered. But usually we try to answer every question, talk to every person. That's the bottom line. And remember, please have a question. It's not like prophesy over me interpret my dream deliver me that's not what today's about we have other streams like that we have a deliverance map deliverancemap.com where you can get delivered this is not a deliverance stream although i will pray for you if you need prayer after your question hey will you pray for this i'll pray for you no problem this is not though a call in and get zoom deliverance okay so here we go think of your questions and let's talk supernatural there's the question line number phone meeting id 1669-900-9128 that's the phone number and then I like the little bubbly background. It's really satisfying. The meeting ID is 836-0999-3338. And it's open right now. I'm going to let the callers get in. I'm going to let the Zoom people get in. And then I'm going to lock it. So, dun, 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 dun. I need some Jeopardy music, please, in the chat. Here we go. Okay. Come on, guys. I hope I put the right meeting ID. Okay, people are popping in. I'm holding my finger over the lock button. Once the phone people get in, then we're locking it and we're going to talk. Okay, so give it a second. Five, four. Come on, phone people. Type fast. Type fast. Okay, we're locking it. All right, question of the day. What flavored hint water am I drinking while these people load in? We locked it, but some people are still getting in here. Maybe I should... Oh, I only let eight people in. Okay, if we get through these eight people, we'll reopen the call. How's that sound? Because I know I locked it, and you guys are like, no, it's locked. And there's only eight people in here for some reason it loaded weird but we'll let these eight people in and then if we get through them we will start again what type of hint water am i drinking while i wait for it to load hurry type it in the chat let's see who's right if you're right you get a mod just kidding type it in the chat type it in the chat while i wait for this to load okay the correct answer is apple today we're drinking apple water if you're wondering 
Mm, grape? Nope, not grape. I don't like to drink NyQuil. Okay, here we go. Let's take our first caller. Ladies and gentlemen, we are starting. Thank you so much for calling in. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Jessica from Modesto, California. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. What's going on today? Oh, you know what? I had a question. Um, first of all, I'm like <laughs> surprised because I'm on your live. Wait, is this Isaiah? Yes, this is Isaiah. You're on live stream and oh, you are the first caller. No way. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm like watching it. And anyway. Yeah, it's a little delayed, um, I, but you're on. I, you're for sure live. Okay. Um, I First of all, I saw you at Live Song in September. Awesome. Um, it was my first time going to church in like eight years wow and yeah and i just when i walked in that church i just felt like the holy spirit fill me and after watching you preach it just lit a fire in me and i've That's been amazing. on fire ever since so <laughs> that is so amazing um, what an amazing testimony yeah <laughs> yeah um but i wanted to ask um how to break generational curses. Yeah, so first I recommend, if someone's dealing with a generational curse, like you know something runs in your family, I always recommend going first through deliverance because oftentimes the person doing the deliverance is gonna address generational curses. So for example, when I'm doing deliverance on someone, there's three things I address. Number one, we do the renouncing or repentance, whatever people like to call it. And then we do the unforgiveness and then we deal with any generational curses or any curses in your bloodline. And the simple way to break a curse is the same way a curse is established. And that's just through words. So we don't have like any special incantation. There's no special like magic thing to breaking curses or to even casting out demons. In the simplest form, all deliverances, breaking curses, deliverance prayer is you praying. So the way we obviously pray, it's a supernatural thing but it's a spiritual thing and we use our words to pray. So we engage with God with words. We, we wield the sword of the spirit with words. And the same way we break generational curses is by using our words. You know, I renounce this curse. I command it to be broken. I want no part in this. I renounce every attachment to this generational curse. This will stop in my family. It ran in my family till it ran into me. I cancel and sever every curse in Jesus name. And as you're going through that, breaking the curse, that's really going to free you from the power that demon has. So we deal with curses. I know like I have a whole video on curses. Pagani has a whole book on generational curses. We've done a lot of streams on this. But we start with breaking those curses, then we can go into the deliverance. But if you go through a deliverance, usually the person will deal with the curses. Or you mention, hey, I have a generational curse in my family. I want to break this. I want to make sure my kids don't have this. And then we kind of go from there. But it's not really like, you know, there's no, there's nothing special to it other than using your words to break it, to declare against it, and to decree that this will not run in my family. Um, I, I got delivered from a generational curse, and there was... A weird manifestation where something was speaking out of me I thought at the time it was the curse speaking out of me now I'm more convinced that it was a demon that was attached to me enforcing the curse because demons enforce curses I'm more convinced now it was a demon speaking out of me that was there to enforce the curse but doesn't really matter this thing was speaking out of me and my friend delivered me of it this was probably like eight months after being saved maybe six months maybe nine months somewhere around there and I'm, I've been fully free, you know, from that specific issue. So that's something that you can do as well is when you're going through deliverance, hey, I want to break this. No curse can stand here. And I'll pray for you right now, too, if you want. And we could just pray that the curse would be broken. Yes, please. I would love that. 
Yeah, and I want to also say there's no curse that Christ can't break. So we know that Christ is infinitely more powerful than the devil. The power to redeem, the power to wash us, the power to cleanse us by his blood. Like the blood of Jesus breaks the curse. The blood of Jesus frees us from the power of darkness. And so let's just pray, chat. Did you want to say what it was? You don't have to. Did you want to say what it was or would you rather just not say and we'll just pray against it? Um, I, I could say what it was. So um, my sisters actually went to a psychic many years ago um, and the psychic had told them that the women in our family have a curse that we will never find happiness in okay. like, our marriage or in relationships that will always find something wrong. And after that, um, a few other people in my family had said we had the curse about it, and it was the same thing. So I, I w obviously don't want that curse. I, I want to break it. I'm married. I love my husband. And I don't want that to ever come up um, in my mind. And, and I don't want my kids to have that. Okay, so everyone in the chat, I want you guys to pray as well. Guys, this is a supernatural call, so we're not just here to give information and answer questions. We're also here to pray. So please, everybody watching live in the chat, start praying for our sister as well. What, what did you say your name was again? It cut out when you said your name. Jessica. Jessica. Okay, awesome. Father, today we come before you, Lord, and we lift up Jessica as your church, as your people that have gathered here today. Father, we pray that every curse would be broken. Satan, you are a liar. You have no power. You have no authority. You have no strength. We sever this generational curse by the blood of Jesus. We command it to be broken now, this curse of unhappiness, this curse of discontentment, unworthiness. We break it now. Every curse is broken in Jesus' name off of Jessica, off her family, off her bloodline, off of her children. This will not run in her family. I cancel everything this medium psychic spoke. We cancel it now. We cancel her power, what she spoke, this curse of death over your family. We break the power now. We reverse the curse in Jesus' name. And I just pray, Lord, your blood would break the curse. Father, as your word says, there's so many different curses in scripture, but we know that the blood of Jesus breaks the curse. So right now, in Jesus' name, we pray freedom, we pray deliverance. Every foul spirit that's attached to enforce this curse, you are broken in Jesus' name. Every spirit that is attached to this curse is broken in Jesus' name. The blood is against you, Satan. The blood is against you, Satan. And everyone in the chat, too, just begin to pray for yourself that the curse is broken. We break the curse off of every person in the chat, off of Jessica, her husband, her family, her bloodline, every curse known or unknown. We command it to go now and be broken. In Jesus Christ's name, we do not come in our authority. We come in the name of Jesus. As his ambassador, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we come in the authority of Jesus Christ, and we say it stops now. It ran in our family until it ran into us. We break the curse now in Jesus' name. No more. And Father, I just pray over this family holiness. I pray passion. I pray the Lord would give you a new appetite. I know you said you just went back to church for the first time in eight years, and you've been on fire. I want to say right now the fire will not die in Jesus' name. But Jessica, you will keep the passion, you will keep the fire, and that anointing will continue in your life, and you will be blessed. Lord, I pray as Psalm says, a thousand generations, God, bless our bloodline, bless our family to a thousand generations. Bless her marriage, bless her children, bless her husband, anoint them, light a fire in her home, let revival begin, God, just right there in her house. And I pray, Lord, that she would continue to eat the word, she would have an appetite for prayer, an appetite to live holy and just continue praying and worshiping you. We just thank you for the blood of Jesus 
Lord, we give you all the honor, the glory, and praise, and we pray, pray you would just bless our sister Jessica in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Jessica. What an awesome testimony you have. You and too. I just want to encourage you, keep that fire going. And I hope to see you at Life Song again. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. If you see me at church, make sure you come up to me and say, hey, we talked on the call and so I can get to meet you and your family. Okay. Okay, I will. Awesome. God bless you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Powerful story. She said she hadn't been to church in eight years, and she recently went to hear me preach at my church and got filled with the Holy Spirit, on fire for God, and now she's on fire. I love to hear it. This is what we live for. This is what we live for. Like, man, to see people get saved. And guys, our, we're having revival at our church. We're baptizing like 20 to 30 people sometimes every week. Every service, people are getting baptized. We had, I think, 10 baptisms last Sunday in one service. We have five services. And we're baptizing people in water. They're getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's been incredible. So we're also going to probably open up the call again because there's only five people waiting. I, I closed the call a little bit too early. So if you didn't get in, have hope because there's a chance for more. And there's a thousand of you on, which is amazing. We're here at noon Friday. Honestly, I figured it was going to be me and probably my family in the chat. I didn't think anyone was going to join because I know it's a weird time. But here we are. Let's take our next caller here and then we'll start taking Zoom. Thank you so much for calling. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Hey, Isaiah, this is uh, Bobby. I'm calling from San Antonio, Texas. How's it going, Bobby? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, man, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for all that you do in your ministry. The, the, the way I found your ministry was uh, I was lukewarm for literally all my life. And then wow. I had this video on Instagram. Um, I was going through Billy Graham on Psycho, and this guy came up. It was you, and he was talking about Christians that have demons and all that. And I'm like, what? There's no way. Like, cause I was really religious and I was like, this is no way this is happening right now. And then I started listening and the more and more I heard it, it was like, um, like, wow, these guys saying everything the Bible saying. And I'm like, man, ever since I started uh, watching your videos, religion broke off. And then just like, man, I've been on fire. I've been preaching. Come on, bro. Demons. Bro. Like I'm telling you, your ministry is it. like, of course, all honor, glory to God, but bro, your ministry. Thank you, well, thank bro. You, That's course. so encouraging, man. I honestly, the testimonies you guys are sharing, they just really encourage me to continue to do what God's called me to do. And I love that, man. You heard the story. And now I always tell people like the fruit is you're now witnessing, you're casting out demons, you're preaching the gospel. When before, before you, you were involved in the supernatural side of Christianity, you were just watching Instagram videos. You know what I mean? And now you're, <laughs> now you're actually doing the work. And so, man, I love to hear the testimonies. All glory to Jesus. Obviously, all glory to God for how he's using the ministry. Um, he gets all the praise, but love to hear the story. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. But, um, yeah, thank you. But this question I have was, like, I preached at this church, right, like, um, about denying yourself and everything like that. And, like, the Holy Spirit fire. But, like, they really preached, like, a religious thing, but they let the Holy Spirit like barely move a little bit and like what do i do about that like is there anything that i can do is there do i just keep you know preaching what i preach but like follow what they do or like what's at the, the church you're going to yeah yeah so here's the thing if you're not the senior pastor or senior leader it is very hard to bring reformation or change to a church because oftentimes the pastor has his own vision right the, the thing he wants to do mm -hmm. and when you want to do something different, so for example, say he's like, I don't want to let the spirit move and you're there like, I want the spirit to move. You wanting the spirit to move is amazing. And that's what we all want. We want you to want that. That's that's the right way to be about, 
to go about it. But sometimes our vision will bring like division. Division is die vision, two visions. So it's a great thing you're doing, but if you're not a senior leader, and this is just from 13 years of seeing this happen over and over again, your vision is gonna bring die vision, which is division, and gonna really cause a lot of issues in the church. So for me, I highly recommend people not to try to change their pastor, not to try to take over their church and be like, we need to do this, we need to do that. Maybe you can have a meeting with them. Say, hey, pastor, I would love to have a meeting with you over coffee or lunch or whatever, depending on the size of the church. Sometimes, you know, you can. Sometimes the pastors, as a large church, you just can't get to them. Sit down at lunch and say, my heart is to see this. I want to see people saved, healed, delivered. I'm like, I see it in the Bible. You know, bring some scripture references. Show them that you know what you're talking about. And then say, hey, is there any way maybe I can lead like a prayer night or maybe we can have a night at the church where we have prayer and I can help lead that and I could facilitate praying for people. Like it doesn't have to be on Sunday, pastor, but is there any chance I could be a part of that and see if he's open to it? See if the pastor's open to letting you lead a prayer meeting at the church. Most pastors would be, right? And then you have a little bit of leadership capacity now. Now it's not, oh, I'm right, the pastor's wrong. Now it's like, oh, the pastor's allowing me to have a prayer meeting and I can start praying for people. We could start prayer teams. And and if he doesn't let you say, he's like, no, we don't want that in this church. We're not doing the deliverance thing. We're not doing the healing thing. We're not doing all that. Then maybe it's time to find a new church. Because if you, again, if you're not the pastor, it's gonna cause division in the church. It's gonna cause division. You wanting to do things he doesn't wanna do is gonna divide the church. And if you're not in a leadership role, then it's not usually beneficial. Now, I'm just telling you usually what happens. There is a chance that God uses you to bring revival to that church and the pastor changes his mind. But I'm just saying nine times out of 10, it causes division, church split, the pastor's mad at you, the pastor's mad at me, you know, because you got, you, uh, came alive on my content and you got fired up now you're out preaching but it might be that you just have to dust your feet off and go find a church that the pastor is going to accept and be willing to you know be open to the spirit moving a lot of churches <laughs> i would say most churches in america they quench the holy spirit they literally quench it they despise prophecy they don't allow demons to be cast out they don't allow the sick to be healed they don't even give anyone a chance like at our church we run five services so it's literally back to back but every week we have a prayer team. So say it's like we're trying to hurry up and get to the next service because we have a whole nother group trying to come in. There's still going to be a prayer team there to pray for you healing, to pray for you deliverance. If you want to get water, water baptized, any service you come to, you can get water baptized during the worship time. We have a baptismal people getting baptized. So even though we have a big church and a lot of services, the Holy Spirit has room to do whatever he wants to do. Like you can't come and say, oh, no one would pray for me. We have a prayer team at every service praying for people. So it's not that you have to make it where it's like, we have to have 40 minute altar calls every service because some places it's just impossible. We also have Wednesday night prayer, which is like pursuit night where we pursue God. But for you, you need to have an op open talk with them and then decide maybe it's time to find a different church. And I'll, I'll tell you this last thing because I could go on for days on this. There is a church in every city that's on fire for God. There's a remnant out there. There's a remnant out there. So I know it's like, oh, there's the churches aren't out here on fire for God or anything. But I'm telling you right now, they're out there. There's a remnant. It might be a small church, might be a big church, but they're out there and their people are there. And you might just need to find those people if the church you're at doesn't work out. But start with talking with the pastor, sharing with him your vision. Be humble. Approach him humbly. You know what I mean? Don't be like, I watch this guy on YouTube and he, you're wrong. He's right. 
Uh, so I know you wouldn't do that, but some people do that. Be very humble yeah. and and see what he has to say. Maybe God's opening a door for a revival and God's going to use you at this church. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, what you're saying is pretty much like confirmation of what I should be doing. So thank you so much. And I'm going to go see you uh, this November. So I was just going to ask you, you, bro, are you going to be in Texas? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I'll be there. Okay, so sure. yeah, make sure you know it's in Irving now. We had a venue change. We're at the Pavilion at the Toyota Music Factory. It's all on my website, and I think the doors open at seven a.m. I'll be there all day, so you'll be seeing me there all day. Okay, sounds good. All right, bro. Take care. God bless. God bless. Really good question. Hey, what do I do when I go to a church where the Holy Spirit's not allowed to move? Again, if you can't talk with the pastor and share your concerns, and then him decide like, hey, maybe we should change things. Maybe God's reviving you and lighting on fire to bring change to that church but oftentimes man it just causes division and we don't want to cause division in churches that's not our goal right like if you're wanting revival and your church isn't doesn't have no spiritual movement we're not here to destroy your church you need to go find a new church like i'm not going to raise my kids in the graveyard preach okay let's go to the next caller here and we're going to reopen it we will be reopening the call we're only 20 minutes in we have four more people so yeah get your fingers ready because you're going to have to dial the number when we reopen it for the first time ever in 56 episodes. We're reopening it. All right. Let me load in the Zoom now. Now we have people on Zoom. This will take a moment to load them. So, yeah, you will be able to call here in a minute. All right, Audrey, if you can turn on your mic, that'd be awesome. I'm now taking in Zoom people, and you guys can turn on your mic once I load you in. It will take a second. No problem. We have time. It's Friday afternoon. Praise the Lord. Jared in the chat. Make sure you guys go subscribe to Jared and Candace. Maybe I shouldn't tell them to subscribe yet, but he do, does have a video coming out soon and he'll be launching his channel. So I'll be talking more about them and posting about them soon. All right, Audrey, if you can, please turn on your mic. That would be awesome. There should be a little button right on the bottom of your screen with a little microphone icon. You'll need to turn that on for me to be able to talk to you. Yes, guys, we'll be putting the number and link back on soon. And I'm grateful we have 1,100 of you on right now. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. Wow. I didn't know people were actually online at noon. This is cool. We are going to be probably doing morning prayer as well soon. So be looking out for that. Audrey, if you can, put your mic on. I'm going to give you another like 30 seconds, Audrey. And then I'm going to have to take the next person. Says your mic's not connected right now. We're in Irving, Texas. We are going to be... Well, it's on my website, so go there. But... We're going to be at the Pavilion at the Toyota Music Factory. So the Toyota Music Factory, the Pavilion, 8,000 seats, 300 West Las Colinas Boulevard, Irving, Texas. There we go. Audrey, how are you? Hi, Isaiah. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? Where Where are you calling in from? Um, I'm calling in from uh, Massachusetts. Awesome. Well, thanks for calling. What was your question today? Thanks. Um, so I I have a a situation where I got, uh, so I, I'm married and I have a, and I have three children. Right. And I, so before I got married with, to my husband, we were both, uh, atheists. Okay. And then shortly after I got saved, but I became like a born again Christian within the last year. Like I, I lost faith for a little while and then I started getting on fire for, for the Lord again. Okay. And now, um, I'm noticing like there's this huge uh, shift um, in our marriage um, because he's not really taking uh, too well to the changes. Like he's not like 
a lot of the stuff that I used to do with him, I won't do them anymore because I'm realizing they're sinful. Um, and I'm and I'm very much uh, overprotective over what the kids are exposed to at our house. Um, he likes, you know, watching, he likes to let the kids watch whatever they watch. Like my, my oldest is four, then my youngest two or three years old. So oh, he likes to hard. let them watch everything. I've seen them. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen them. Um, you know, I've caught them watching movies that they definitely should not be watching as, as toddlers. And, but my husband is not really as um, protective as he should be. He let, he watch, he, he plays like video games that have all kinds of themes like witchcraft, you know, some violent games as well. Um, and I'm, this is not to bash my husband, by the way, like he's, like he's a very loving, I, you know, he's a great husband. I love him, but um, it's been a problem. And I'm wondering, like, you know, I try, I try to uh, really limit what they, what they're exposed to. But I also question sometimes, like, how much authority do I have as the wife? You know, like the my husband, he's the head of the household. You know, so what he, whatever he says, goes. And sometimes there's a, there's a little bit of friction. But like, how, like how do I go about it as the wife besides, besides prayer? I mean, obviously I pray, but like what, what practical ways can I go about this? Yeah. So first of all, I mean, it's a very hard situation. There's probably hundreds of people in the chat right now that have the exact same situation for whatever. Well, I know the reason a lot of guys are just more, and I'm speaking, obviously I could say this, I'm a guy are a lot more prideful. So what happens is usually the wife gets saved or on fire or whatever first and then the husband's like Ugh. and so a lot of these people come to my meeting these married couples and the wife says i was watching your videos for three or four months my husband can stand you he thought you were this 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 and now he's on fire now he's watching your videos now he loves you and i've heard the story hundreds of times and for whatever reason it's like the women is women are more sensitive to god more sensitive to prayer they i think they just don't struggle with pride the way men struggle with pride. And we know pride is a terrible sin. It keeps you from God. God like basically won't even let the pride come near him. God resists the proud. That's the word I'm looking for. So it, it is a hard situation when you have a husband that doesn't have the same convictions as you. The bottom line is the only way that you're gonna overcome this is by, of course, number one is prayer, but number two is by communication. You need to communicate. I'm sure you have. I know some of this, these answers are obvious, but you need to communicate, overly communicate with your husband. These are my convictions. Like, these are my convictions. I don't want the kids, kids watching this. I don't want the kids doing this. This is why, you know, this is darkness. The sin that we're laughing at is a sin Jesus died for. And I don't like this entertainment in my home. We're allowing these spirits in our home by watching this entertainment. And you may need to, you may need to ask him, hey, would you be willing to get some type of marriage counseling, a, a third person to sit down with us and maybe try to work these things out? Let me give you a few verses as well. But I think number one is you need to communicate with your husband, your convictions. I don't know where your husband is spiritually. I don't know if he's on fire, not on fire, a believer, an unbeliever. I think you said he is a believer, but you guys just have different convictions. But let me just give you three verses that you can kind of um, or two that you can kind of write down and reflect on just to give you an idea of, you know, a wife and a husband and the way this works. So first Peter three, verse one, and you can read longer later, but I'm just gonna give you first Peter chapter three, verse one says, likewise, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, so this is husbands, this is wife submitting to a husband who doesn't obey the word. 
He says, so even some that do not obey the word, they may be won over without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct. So what he, Peter is saying is, if your husband doesn't obey the word and you keep that respectful, which you are, and pure conduct towards your husband, you can win him over without even words, just by the pure way that you live. Again, I would still communicate with them. Hey, this is what I think. But I think if your husband sees you walking holy and righteous and keeping these convictions, if he truly loves you, he's going to want to honor you. He's going to say, man, I want to honor you because I know it actually hurts you whenever I do these things or allow these things in my life. Okay, so that's first Peter three, one, write that down. The next verse I want to give you is, is two verses, but they're next to each other. First Corinthians seven, 13 and 14. So first Corinthians seven, 13, write this down. This will be your homework later it says this. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever, but the, but he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him, which again, I don't think your husband's an unbeliever, but this is for maybe someone in the chat. Verse 14 of of first Corinthians seven for the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. So what Paul communicates here in 1 Corinthians 7, 13 and 14 is if your husband's unholy because you're married and you are, you're choosing holiness. Remember, holiness is a choice. It's not automatic like righteousness. You're choosing to be holy. Now, this is interesting here. Your husband's holy and your kids are also holy. So there's a lot more to be said on that. I would just say continue to be respect him live that pure life, communicate with him. But at the end of the day, God wants you to live at peace with him. He wants you to submit even as a husband who doesn't obey the word. The Bible says you still submit to him. Of course, never do anything that sin or you never have to be forced to sin. When it says submit to your husband, it means him running the house, not you, you know, going into sin because he said you should or anything like that. But I would just say communication is key, prayer. And I believe soon you're going to see breakthrough in your husband's conviction convictions. I pray are stronger than yours. I pray soon your husband's going to be convicting you. And I've seen that happen over and over again. And listen, there's a lot of godly husbands out there. God can do it. A lot of the guys in the chat right now were complete heathens and their wife prayed for them, prayed for them, prayed for them. And now they're amazing husbands. So I'm believing for that for you, Audrey, your husband. And I just wish you guys all the best. I hope that helped you today as well. Thank you. That really did help me. And let me ask you one thing. Is your husband a believer or not? I forgot if you said he was or not. Um, no, he's not. He's not a believer. Okay. He did have like a, like um, a few months where he started going to church and with me and, you know, and he did, you know, go answer an, an, an altar call. Um, so he started believing, I believe, but now he's completely lost the faith. He's gone back. He's gone back to where he was. But he's, he also believes, this is weird, because he also believes in, like, Satan. He knows that there's, like, a power that's, you know, sort of in, influencing the world. But he I don't think he truly believes in God, because every time I ask him to come to church with me, every time I talk to him about God, he just kind of brushes me off. Yeah, so then those verses would for sure apply to you. And those verses are so encouraging for you, because it's like, wow, my holiness covers my husband and now my husband's holy and my kids are holy so you need to keep praying keep believing his day is coming his appointment with god is coming and we're just going to continue to pray and believe and honestly 
I know this isn't the answer people want to hear and maybe you don't even want to hear, but sometimes prayer is all you can do. Sometimes the counseling isn't going to work. The communication isn't going to work. And the only thing you can do is pray. So just keep praying, keep believing, and he will be saved in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. All right, Audrey, God bless you. God bless. Guys, I have a full video on divorce and remarriage on why you're allowed to get divorced and why you're allowed to get remarried according to scripture and you guys can go watch that if you, again all these topics you just search the topic and then isaiah saldivar and the video will pop up on search on my channel or on um on youtube you'll find that there and be fine okay we got three more and then we'll open up the call again really good questions today all right, we're bringing in Sarah. We'll give her a second to load. And I'm reading the chat the whole time, so feel free to put scriptures down, encourage the people, and I'll I'll pass over the encouragement people are giving in the chat. Oh, it's 1 Corinthians 7, 13, and 14. Sarah, how are you? Let me know where you're calling from. Sarah, are you there? You just got to hit unmute on your mic. Hello, Sarah. I heard you for a second. Are you there? Your mic. Oh, hello. Hello, there Sarah. There she is. How are you, Sarah? I'm well, thank you. Good hello. evening. Good. Calling Where are you calling Ger in from? From Germany. Germany. What time is it in Germany right now? How are you, Sarah? It I think is... I'm playing in the background. I can hear myself. I might be on the stream. <laughs> it's 8.42 p.m. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on here. And I guess my six o'clock streams are in the middle of the night for you. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is cool. I'm glad we're getting a little bit of a different audience here at noon. That's encouraging. I'm glad you're on here. Yeah. And it's been so much fun just hearing the testimonies of the people that have been um, impacted by the ministry. It's been so amazing. That's yeah, awesome. Really Praise the Lord. Well, what's going on today? Good. Well, just enjoying autumn. Um, and my question would be, um, how do you navigate like just um, being being a, how do I say, a minister in social media? Like, how do you navigate just the influx of um, continuous news? And um, how do I say just navigating content? How do you choose content to produce? Like, how do you, what's your... Um, content um process like like how do you navigate that with the lord um considering the influx of news we have and good or bad um fake or real whatever like how do you navigate your process of um producing content yeah so really good question for me my mondays are kind of my days where i preach and teach so the way that works is basically throughout the week so after monday stream throughout the week i'm praying all week long and I'm already asking God, what do you want me to say on next Monday, right? I'm going to get before the people, thousands of people, tens of thousands, and I, I want to give them a word. I don't just want to be something recycled, something off of notepad, something off of sermoncentral.com. I want to give them the word. So I'm asking the Lord, like, what is the word? What do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to teach on? So that's very, for Monday, it's very precise and very specific. Like if God says, go through the book of Revelation verse by verse, that might take me three months. So I'm there three months getting that ready, preparing it every single week, doing that whole thing. Then God might say, I want you to talk about being lukewarm. I want you to talk about like last week was losing your first love. I want you to talk about um, getting rid of things in people's homes that 
they shouldn't have. I want you. So the Holy Spirit, I feel like in prayer, it's not an audible, like somebody talking to me, but it's like an overwhelming impression, a desire, the Holy Spirit leading me to do something. So that's Monday. Tuesday is the same thing, except Lord, who do you want me to have to interview? Who do you wow. want to share to my, to the community you've given me? Cause here's the thing, all of you in the chat, all of you watching on the replay, God has given this community to me and this platform. Nobody platformed me. No one helped me grow this. God is the one that's done all this. Like everything, the growth, the social media, no one can say, oh, we platformed Isaiah. It's been God organically doing this. So in my mind, you guys don't belong to me. You guys are God's people. So, so it's like God's given me this community, but it's not my community. It's God's community. It's God's people. Like my church is not my church. It's God's church. And this is an online church here. So I asked the Lord, like, who do you want me to have to share? Now, there are times, I'll be frank, I bring someone on and two months go by and they go south. And I'm like, in my mind sometimes, I'm like, did I miss it, Lord? Like, should I not have had them on? And I'm, I'm sure there are times, Sarah, where I brought on people that God wasn't telling me to bring on. But I was just, hey, I feel like this is the right person. Sometimes God isn't clear with me. So I just bring on people sometimes. And sometimes God says, bring this person on. Sometimes it's just a divine appointment the way it works out and it, God opens up the door. So that's how I do Tuesday, which is my podcast. And then Wednesday and Thursday, I used to do clips from my Monday, but now I put those on the second channel as Isaiah Saldivar clips. So there's a plug for that as well. And then <laughs> Friday now, I'm doing my lives again. So call-in shows, prayer time. This is like the day where I just do whatever, right? Pray with people, Zoom deliverance, call-in show, family prayer, reaction, like whatever I, I fail to do. And then on the weekend, I film videos, usually either a teaching video, like this weekend I have a deliverance prayer, like a mass deliverance prayer. So it's gonna be like eight minutes or 10 minutes and whoever needs deliverance could watch this video and I'm gonna pray deliverance over them. And I've never done that where I just have a video like that. And I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to do that. I think a week ago or two weeks ago, I did one on healing. Hey, if you need prayer sickness in your body, I'm gonna pray for you to be healed. So that's something the Lord told me to do. If God doesn't speak to me to do something, I'm just looking on the news. I'm looking on social media. I'm on YouTube. What's What are people talking about? What's trending? Mm -hmm. What's happening in the Christian world? And I'm just spending hours throughout the week just researching, looking at people's pages, what revivals are happening, what is God doing? So it's like, yeah, it's like I'm a journalist, right? I'm doing reaction videos. I'm, I'm giving news to the Christian community. And so that is more like, honestly, just watching Christian YouTube, reading the news, uh, watching the news. Obviously a guy like me, I often watch like Fox News or CBN, Christian News. But of course it's gonna be that cause I'm, I'm not a like left wing. So I'm not over here watching like CNN and stuff. But yeah, that's kind of where I get most of my info, most of what I wanna do. And then last thing is a lot of times I just don't do videos because like for instance this weekend, I spent like three hours last night trying to prepare a video and nothing, right? Felt like God wasn't saying to me anything. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And then I was like, I'm not going to post a video on Sunday. Like who said I have to? So I'm not just going to make videos just because I have to. I'm going to do it when I want to talk about something and there's nothing I want to talk about. So I'll do like tomorrow, mass deliverance prayer video. And then Sunday, probably no video. And then Monday I'll preach again. Tuesday I have Gideon on. It's like, I don't want to be a slave to this. I don't want to be a slave to social media where I have to upload. I have to stream. I have to go, I want to be obedient to God, be led by the spirit, follow the cloud. And so that's kind of my process. Everyone's process will look different, but that's kind of the way I get content ready and behind the scenes of how I prepare. Wow, so good. Thank you for sharing. Really appreciate you and the rest of the Demon Slayers and 
just your families and all the work that you're doing and like how you've really brought revival to the forefront um, in our generation and really, really thankful and appreciate you guys. Um, God says we should imitate people. So, I mean, when I say like I'm a fan, I don't mean that in like a world, worldly sense, but really in that sense of, yeah, these are people that I want to imitate. And that's awesome. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Sarah. You're very kind. I appreciate your words. And I'm guessing you're probably a content creator or you're going to become one or you're an influencer. And so I just pray that all works out for you. And we need we need everybody to be influencers for God on social media. We need everybody to put out content that's Christian. Like the more, the better, you know, I'm not, I want everybody to be bigger than me and to grow more and to reach people for, for God's glory. Thank you. I'm going to take that as a prophetic word. Yes, it is. It is a word for you, sister. It's time to get on right now. Start making videos. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. You. God bless you. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Someone said it's sad that I watch fake Fox News. Listen, I watch four or five different newses and I chew the meat. What do they say? Chew the meat and spit out the bones. It's like watermelon. You eat the watermelon, spit out the seeds. There's good, there's bad. There's, of course, tons of stuff I don't agree with on all news outlets. But I also don't want to have my head in the sand when I'm technically I am a journalist. So I want to know what's going on. If I'm going to be interviewing people and I'm going to be covering news and reacting to news, I don't want to be ignorant. So... Yeah, the idea that, oh, we shouldn't watch the news. Let's just put our head in the sand. Uh, I think we should probably know what's going on in the world that we're actually praying for. How could you pray accurately if you don't even know what's going on in the world? Like, yeah. Eat the fish, spit out the bones. There you go. Shout out to boneless fish out there. Shout out to God for making some fish boneless. All right, <laughs> next caller. We will be reopening it, yes. For a little bit. And then I'll be doing Q&A with the chat and hanging out with you guys as well. Uh, do you know Off the Curb? I've talked to him over Instagram. Our next caller is coming in here. It is getting hot in here. My computer is like a little toaster oven. It's like 60-something outside and 80 degrees in my office. All right, Priscilla, if you can, turn on your mic. That would be awesome. Thanks so much. Eat the peanuts, spit out the peanut butter. I mean, I don't know about all that. Hello? Priscilla, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Beach Park, Illinois. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling in. What's going on today? Um, well, it's not necessarily a question. It's more of a prayer because I am going through a really tough situation on my own. And I think I would at least have some prayer. Yeah, absolutely. What do you need prayer for? We're all, we're all going to pray for you today. Oh, thank you. Um, if I sound nervous, I'm really sorry. I'm just really shy. Oh, no, you're good. Just pretend that you're talking to like your little cousin or something. Don't be nervous at all. I'm a regular person just like you. So you don't have to be nervous. Oh, thank you. No problem. So, um, I just came back with Christ um, the beginning of this year, like the end of February, early awesome. March. Thank you. Um, I have grown up in a Pentecostal household, but was never really in the faith. And um, I got back in the faith. You know, God was calling me back. Um, it's a long testimony. I'll just keep it short. Um, I was possessed by a demon. And that's how me and my husband and his family, for the most part, have came back to Christ. Okay. Um, God has called me to do deliverance ministry. So, um, 
And it's funny because I'm actually a really shy and reserved person. So I think it's unique how he called me into deliverance ministry. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So um, these past couple of months during this year, I have noticed a lot of things in my husband's family. We recently just got married like the end of September. And I will be honest, during that time that we came back, I have like came back into faith. I have noticed a lot of things that were off and things that were wrong and I've noticed that you know when we got married um God has been slowly revealing to me the things in his family more or less because um his family are Roman Catholic and I we do live with his parents because financially we don't have like the money to have our own place right now okay and I'm self-employed, but I don't really make a lot of money. And my husband is a manager at his store, but he's going through a lot of problems at his job too. But besides the point, so we live with his parents. And for the most part, his some of his family members are a bit wishy-washy in the faith. I mean, there's still some things I'm like, if you bow in what they say and believe. And um, to just make matters worse, I mean, his mom has the statue i mean i think you already know what i mean by the statue yeah 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 and i have been praying to god and i've tried talking to my husband about it i've tried talking to his mom about it and she literally blew up on me and even cried to me and like was like saying that i was wrong that like you know how can i be a christian and tell her these things and I got upset with my husband because it was kind of like he was more on her side because she was crying and I he was telling me I made her cry. And sometimes my husband, I feel like, challenges me when I try to tell him things of scripture and through the word and like me learning on my own about deliverance. And to him, when when he hears about deliverance or anything, um, he just says, well, there's no point of you learning of demons there's no point of you learning of this and this and that you just have to say oh in the name of jesus come out and that's it which yes but also like you know it's more than just saying that you know yeah of course yes and he's always challenging me and sometimes like i feel like i'm not heard in this family and sometimes not with him and and it's not me trying to bash my husband down like I love him. He is such a good and such a wonderful husband. And he's helped me with so much. And like, you know, like I grew up in a really like tough household. But, you know, God has revealed to me the other day. Um, um, it was a dark dream. And um, I'll just keep the dream short. Um, so I just remember in the dream, I was a child and my mom was there and his mother was there. And no one else was there. Like my husband his wasn't there. His son wasn't there. And his father wasn't there. It was just the three of us. And I remember in the dream, I was trying to explain to his mom about the statue, the Virgin Mary statue. And she went in the dream. She was erratic. And I've never seen her upset or mad or anything. She was erratic. Like in the dream, she was actually beating me up in the dream. And in the dream, my mom covered me like she held me in her arms, protecting me. And I already know the way my mom is. She's like typical Puerto Rican. She will like go off. But like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> but in the dream, she was like sheltering me and protecting me. And I do believe my mom in that dream represented God in the sense of like he was protecting me. And in the dream, my vi- my vision went towards the statue and it was pretty blurry. Like I couldn't really tell distinctively like um, what it looked like, but I did see the demon behind the statue I saw the demon and I like even though my vision was blurry I do distinctly remember the features and um when I was looking at it it came up from the statue and it was looking at us like me like getting beaten up and everything and it was kind of like smiling but like in a mocking way like oh like you're over here trying to like stop this and like it's not going to happen you know and in the dream like i saw her or i saw the demon and it would ha- it had like pale gray like skin and the hair was like long black hair ew nasty the demon you're talking about yes that came from behind the statue Yes. Yeah, I mean that's if you have a statue in your, especially because if you have a statue like that and you're praying to it, it's textbook idolatry. The Bible forbids it. God doesn't want us to have any idols, especially in our house, or pray mm-hmm. to any other gods. And a lot of people venerate these things, which is the same as worship. They make them like gods, and then mm-hmm. demons inhabit them. You know, demons. Um, if you watch John Ramirez's video, he goes into a witchcraft store. And they sell a bunch mm-hmm. of Mary statues. And he was—he talks about when he was in witchcraft, he used to use Mary statues to invoke demons. And the demons would take on that form. And so, yeah, absolutely. If you're worshiping and venerating, the problem is this, which is what mm-hmm. we're going to pray for you today, is you're in mm-hmm. someone else's house, right? So like, mm-hmm. you, you can't really go into someone else's house and say, you can't have this or you shouldn't have this because it's not your house. It's their house. So that that's the problem is you're going to have this conflict until you guys find your own place and this can get resolved. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is you got to just continue to pray for her like you are, that God would open mm-hmm. up her eyes, but we can't force anything on someone that we live with because mm-hmm. it's it's their house, right? It's like it, she could do whatever she wants in her house, even though it could be wrong, even though it could be wrong. We know it's wrong to have statues and idols in our home, but the bottom line is the hard part for you is this is your husband's mother and you guys are living there. So it makes it a very complex situation. Yes. And then the thing is, too, is that I've tried to tell telling my husband about it and his excuse is, oh, well, my mom doesn't pray to her anymore. Like she used to. We used to, you know, she doesn't pray to her. She just has her there. And I'm like, OK, babe, but that's not the point. The point is she's here. It yeah. doesn't matter if you guys are not praying for her or anything. She's still here. Yeah. I mean, you you're know? in a tough situation because you had a dream And you saw exactly in detail what the demon looked like that was hiding behind that statue. And now here you are having to live with it. So I totally get it. Like you're in a very hard predicament. And obviously, you know, your guys' goal would be get out, get your own place, all that type of stuff, Mm -hmm. of course. Right. I mean, that's what's going to happen. But for sure, you want to just be continue to be respectful um, because the problem is if you if we're disrespectful to people that we're praying for, we lose our witness and we lose that that power to witness to them to pray for them so it even goes back to like the verses i gave earlier first corinthians where it says if your husband doesn't obey the word show by your conduct being respectful and pure and he might be converted because of your conduct Mm -hmm. 
of, of the mm -hmm. wife. He might be won over, the Bible says, without a word. He might be one without a word. And then it says like 1 Corinthians 7 is your holiness covers him. So I would definitely apply that, continue to be just respectful and honoring. It's not a fight worth trying to win because again, I go back to it's not, it's not your home. If it was your home, this would be something where it's like, yeah, you need to fight for this. But because it's someone else's home, I would say it's not a net positive. It's going to bring more bad than good. Just pray the Lord convicts her. God can do it. You're there as an intercessor. God can do it. God can convict her. God can open up her eyes. And that's what you need to pray for. But I, I would just be careful. And I'm not saying you are. I don't want to accuse you of anything. I would just be careful mm -hmm. in getting in like heated debates or fights because you don't want to put a wedge in, in the relationship over something like that. And um, you don't want to fracture the relationship because of like a statue. And think about this. Think about this, Priscilla. If this statue causes you and your mother-in-law to have a wedge between you, the statue wins. Like literally the demon wins. Like think about that. Mm -hmm. if, the, if the statue is what causes you and her to have friction and not talk and not be close, then that demon is real. And I believe you 100%. Like I agree with everything you're saying and believe you. My approach mm -hmm. is that demon's winning, that statue's winning if it causes mm -hmm. division. So the way you overcome the statue, like how do I overcome this? How do I beat this demon? Is you get close with your mother-in-law and you go, I'm not gonna let this divide us. I don't care about this stupid statue. This statue has no power in Jesus name, has no authority. I'm not even gonna pay attention to it. I don't care where it's at. It could be in my bed between me and my husband. It has no power, no authority. It's not gonna come in between anyone in this family. And that's how the demon, so demons love attention. The demons know mm -hmm. they have no power over you, so they love attention, and it wants mm -hmm. to divide. It, it, it loves it. It loves that you guys are arguing over it. So I would say ignore the statue, completely disregard it because it's not your statue. It's not your home. Love on your mm -hmm. mother-in-law. Love on your father-in-law. Keep praying for them. Stay the way you are, being pure and respectful. And, hey, the Lord showed you that spirit in the night and now you know oh yeah this thing is for sure com i'm confirmation i know this is demonic but it has no power over me and my house and, and mm -hmm. me and my family and we're just going to keep praying for her and i'm gonna and you might need you might even need to go apologize to her god god might even tell you and you're like but i'm not wrong like you're right and you are priscilla but god might say hey bless those that curse you right if somebody abuses you or mocks you or whatever turn the cheek if she's beating you up on the left cheek turn so she can beat you up on the right cheek this is the model that jesus gives us and it's not it's not fun it's like oh no i don't want to do that because i'm right but god might even convict your heart i'm going to pray for you of course i know you asked for prayer and i turned into me giving you a whole sermon but god mm -hmm. knows your heart and god might even have you apologize to her hey whatever her name is. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have approached you strong like that. And I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you did. I'm just giving you an example, mm -hmm. but no, Hey, yeah. I know, I know I approached you strong. I don't want this to be between us. I want to have a good relationship with you. I love your son. I love this family and let's not even bring it up again. I apologize. You don't even need to apologize to me. I apologize to you. You're my elder. You're my husband's mom. And I don't want this to come between us and what you do with your stuff is up to you i'm going to continue to pray for you and continue to love on you and that's that and hey that might be enough you might be surprised priscilla when you do that that she's like i don't even want this dumb statue anymore i'm getting rid of it you know what i mean she might just be mm -hmm. like and the bible says to do that it's like putting coals on someone's head putting hot coals on someone's head when they when they mock you and persecute you and then you love them back like love uh, demons have no defense for love love covers a mm -hmm. multitude of sin and Demons don't even know what to do 
They don't even know mm -hmm. what to do. Like I've been in deliverances where the Holy Spirit's like, just hug the person. And I hug the person and they start screaming and they're angry because there's no defense. What defense mm -hmm. is there for love and humility and serving her? There is none. So try that out. See, I know that's probably not the answer you want to hear. You want me to be like, bash that thing, go throw it in the dumpster. If it was yours, <laughs> if it was yours, I would say, hey, go, that thing needs to be at the bottom of the dumpster. But um, I think you need to approach this with just kindness and purity. All right. And we're going to pray for you. Is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. Thank All right. you. And I don't mean to lecture you, Priscilla. I know you're like, hey, you turned the tables on me. I'm, I'm not at all trying to rebuke you or lecture you. I just want mm -hmm. you to know, like, man, sometimes we have to pick our battles wisely. Like, there's a lot of people that people say, why don't you call out so-and-so? Why don't you say something about this movie star? Why don't you say something about this? It's like, I don't have energy to fight those battles. Some battles are just not worth fighting. So mm -hmm. not every battle is ours to have to fight. And this might be a battle God's calling you to fight. You, God might tell you the opposite of what I'm telling you. And if he does, Priscilla, you got to listen to God over me. If God tonight tells you in prayer, uh, I, I love Isaiah, but Isaiah was wrong. You need to do this, this. Please, Priscilla, mm -hmm. follow God. I'm just telling you from what I think of, of just a little bit of, you know, a couple minutes of knowledge I have of your situation, what could be yeah. a good way to go about yeah. it. So I hope I didn't offend I, you or like rebuke oh, you no, or anything I was like that. I was going to say, too, that um, I am planning on, like, fasting um, about it. That's good. Um, fast, yeah, like, fasting for, like, my husband and his family um, because God has slowly been revealing to me. And I, I was going to say, too, like, there are times that I feel like there's something watching me in my bedroom. And yeah, I had there to probably is. I mean, honestly, yeah. like what you're describing, there there probably is. Um, but mm -hmm. this goes back to that thing of like, man, I'm living with someone. So uh, I don't I don't know the way the spiritual realm works. One hundred percent. No one does. There's a lot of mysteries. Of course, demons can live in houses. I don't know all the intric intricacies, but I do know there's something about the person that owns that home. They own that home. They're living there. They are the owners of the home having some type of spiritual authority to allow things in and allow things out. I don't know how it mm -hmm. all works. I wish I could tell you like, this is how it works. But I would say, yeah, there is definitely probably if there's like false idols and false gods. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's stuff there. And of course, Mary praise God for Mary. She literally birthed Jesus. But guys, if you don't know Mary's in heaven right now, uh, well, hopefully Mary's not, Mary's not answering your prayers. Mary's not interceding for you. There's one intercessor who sits at the sits at the right hand of the Father. The Book of Hebrews says, and forever makes intercession. The Bible also says there's one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. So that's it. There's only mm -hmm. one mediator. Mary's not a mediator. Mm -hmm. Peter's not a mediator. Peter's not listening to your prayers. Mary's not listening to your prayers. Um, they're in heaven right now, not answering prayer requests or bringing prayer requests to Jesus. You don't need Mary's mom. You don't need Jesus's mom to ask him things. You can go directly to him. Like, mm -hmm. do you want to go to his mom and ask for her to ask him? Or do you want to just go directly to him? So we have access mm -hmm. right to Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus can make our petition known to the father. That's it. That's the mediator we have. So anyways, I want to make that clear about the whole Mary thing is we're not here to blaspheme Mary. Mary did an amazing thing, but Mary's not a God, not an idol and not someone that we pray to in the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. All right, let's pray for you, Priscilla. Okay. 
Yes, thank you. All right, Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for Priscilla, for her desire to serve you, to know you, and to live holy. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would wash this whole family in your blood. I pray, God, that eyes would be open to see what is right and what is wrong. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would invade this home that you would just fill every person in this home with the Holy Spirit. You would anoint them. Right now, I pray for the anointing over Priscilla. Give her that boldness. Give her that compassion. And I pray, Lord, you would guard her and guide her and protect her from every unclean spirit. Satan, you have no power. You've been defeated. You have no authority. Every unclean spirit, we break your power now. You have no power. And we just pray that the Holy Spirit would dwell in that home. That every unclean spirit would leave this home and the Holy Spirit would dwell in them. I pray, God, that you would convict Priscilla's mother-in-law, father-in-law, even husband on this situation, show them in your word, God, what is wrong and what is right. Father, we know clearly in the Old Testament, you say no idols, no other gods. It's literally one of the Ten Commandments. And we know, God, that the Catholic Church has made Mary a god, has made her an idol, has worshipped her and venerated her. And God, we pray that you'd bring conviction, conviction to this house and this family. And you would just protect Priscilla, anoint them. I pray God blessing over their finances, that they would be able to move out and get their own place and that you would just open the doors. Lord, swing wide those doors open so that they can get their own place and they can have a godly dwelling place where they're you know, in control of what comes in and what comes out. I just pray you're anointing your blessing. I just say that there will be peace in this home in Jesus' name. No more unrest, no more chaos, no more controversy, peace and rest in this home. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Isaiah. You are amazing. Awesome. Thank you for calling Priscilla. And listen, you got thousands of people praying for you. They'll pray for you on the re on the replay. And we're in your corner. You're on the right track. Keep doing what God's called you to do. Keep the fire going. Don't be discouraged. God's going to work it all out. Everything's going to work out the way he wants it to. And just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Isaiah. God bless. All right. God bless. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a good question, guys. Some of these are long. You know, sometimes the Holy Ghost comes upon me and gives me a little word for people. So some of them are short. We have one more. So we will take this caller and then I'm going to give you guys a choice. Actually, you know what? Let me put up a poll in the chat. Look at me. I'm such a nerd. I'm going to take this last caller and then I'm going to put up a poll. Let's try this. Start a poll. Answer... Hold on. I'm going to give you guys the option. Do we keep answering calls or do we do chat Q&A? Okay. There's the poll. Go ahead and vote while I take the next caller. We have the... Can't believe this is live. Yes, Jason, we are live. Jason, Paz, we are live. Just to preview. All right. There's the poll. You guys vote. We've been live for an hour. I will either answer and talk to the chat for a while, answer your guys' questions, speed style, or I will take more callers. So it's up to you guys. You guys can vote in the chat now on YouTube. Here we go. Let's take our last caller here. Unless you guys vote otherwise. I like that you talk fast. Well, at least somebody likes it. My number one complaint is you talk too fast and you're too loud. It's like, all right, well, don't, don't watch then. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell adults, but don't watch my videos if you don't like how I talk. I don't know what to say. All right, whenever you get in the Zoom call, go ahead and turn your mic on. You are our last caller. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. You all right, Isa? Good. Where are you calling in from? I love your accent, by the way. It, uh, my name's Sam. I'm from the UK. Thank you, Sam, for calling all the way from the UK. I'm blessed that you're here today. What was your question? 
So it's more of I'm confused more than anything. Um, about a year ago, I had um, a vision or a dream from uh, the Lord, and it was about my second eldest daughter's partner, uh, not a Christian. Okay. And it was like I was there. It's like I could see. So what happened was um, I could see it was a night time and it was raining and um, her partner was in this car with this other lad. They used to do like really dodgy deals and stuff like that. I won't go into that. Um, and I knew that it was in a real bad way because I could see sirens like police and ambulance um, in the rear of the vehicle window. And I knew it was for for the partner of my daughter. Um, and then the next thing the Lord showed me that my daughter went then to um, see him in the hospital bed. He was in a hospital bed. He was quite critical. He was in a, a, in a bad way. Um, and literally um, about a month ago, what I saw actually has happened. Mm. Um, at the time, I did tell my daughter, I said, look, we need to warn him. I believe it's a warning from the Lord. I believe he's trying to, to say, look, you need to leave that lifestyle um, because I believe that this this could happen. So we, we told him and he, he laughed about it. It was only a young lad, 19. Um, anyway, like I said, it, it happened. Um, he was in hospital. It was in a really bad way. I went to the hospital and I, I went and prayed with him. Um, but they pulled the plug from him. He died anyway, and I, I'm, I'm just so a bit sorry confused. to hear that. I, I'm just, I'm just confused. Isaiah, I'm thinking, Lord, why did you show me that? And then when I prayed for him, Isaiah, when I went, I really felt as though he was going to come through it. Um, it's like I could see him going through physio and different things. Um, but his mum agreed with the doctor to pull the plug, so to speak, because he was on life support. Okay. So I suppose my question is, like, I'm a bit disheartened. I'm not going to be honest. Uh, not going to yeah. be dishonest with you. I'm a little bit disheartened. I'm I'm kind of questioning, Lord, what happened there? What could I have done different? Absolutely. So, 100%. I I totally hear you of being disheart disheartened, and I'm glad you're not being fake about it. It's it's gut wrenching when God shows you something. And then something else comes to pass. Well, actually, what God showed you did come to pass. But unfortunately, it would have been better if it didn't come to pass. Um, honestly, the answer is free will. That's that's the issue. God gave you a word. God showed you something in advance of somebody, you know, for lack of a better way, somebody that was going to die. And God mm -hmm. gave you time to pray for them, to warn them, to talk with them. Here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, you can pray you can warn, but the person has to make the decision. They have free yeah. will. We we live in a fallen world. The devil is real. God has given people free will to make their own choice. The Bible says God desires no one to die, no one to perish, nobody. So God's will is no one perishes, but everyone comes to repentance. And that perishing means them dying without him. You know, not like just nobody dies, but no one dies without the knowledge of God. Yeah. So we know the will of God is that he would be saved now, yeah. do you know if he did receive Christ or put his faith in Jesus before he passed well, away? That's what I was going to ask you because I felt led to, well, I was asked to go down and pray uh, while he was in the hospital bed. Uh, my daughter asked me to go down and pray. And 
you know, I agreed. I went down there and, and I just said, you know, Lord, just fill this hospital with your presence. Just and I and I said, meet with him, Lord, let him see you. So that was kind of like I'm wondering about like deathbed um visitation, um a deathbed experience, because when I did leave the hospital and I and I and I turned around, I did feel like a peace and like there was I just felt the presence of God all in that room. Yeah. Uh, when I left. So that's why I left a little bit baffled. And he was um, incoherent, though, on life support when you went. Like, you didn't talk to him, but you just went and prayed with him. I went and prayed with him. It did respond in a way of where he would um, grasp my daughter's uh, hand. Um, okay. You know, his, his eye would flicker a little bit when we, when I, I spoke with him and when I prayed with him. Uh, but because the doctor said he'll end up brain damaged, brain dead, and um, the mum turned around and said, look, I can't cope with that, and agreed to have the um, pull, the plug pulled. Um, yes, I was a little bit um, a little bit confused. I felt the peace of God when I left there. So I was like... Yeah, I mean, the bottom did, line did is... Did a deathbed experience happen? It could have. It could have. <laughs> God's, God's ways are not our ways. I know I've heard testimony after testimony of people being in a coma and meeting with Jesus, talking with God. Obviously, God's transcendent. You don't have to speak verbally to God. You can literally pray in your head and God can hear you and God can respond. So it may be that he had a deathbed experience. It may be that God met with him. God can pull people into a vision if he wants to. God can pull people into a dream. It's like when you encounter God in a vision or a dream— it's not natural. It's not with your words. It's a supernatural experience. So who's to say God didn't give him a vision or a dream and and he got saved right there on his deathbed, just like the thief on the yeah. cross, right? Like, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. The man just yeah. acknowledged Jesus. So that story does give us hope for these deathbed conversions. He could have had a deathbed conversion. We don't know. It's even possible, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it's possible that the Lord, basically, he got saved on his deathbed and the Lord knew, hey, if this guy gets out of the hospital, he's going to go right back and die in his sin. And so the Lord took him. The Lord took him. Yeah. It was God's will, you know. It's hard to say, though, even with modern medicine. It's it's not natural to keep someone alive on a machine. That's not natural. Mm -hmm. It's it's an invention of modern medicine. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's not a natural phenomenon. Like, he would have he would have died without the machine. And when they unplugged him, he did die. So that's the natural way life works. So it could be that, hey, God said he's, I had his visitation. Someone prayed over him. It's time. And the Lord, the Lord, you know, took him or they unplugged him. However you want to, you want to say it. And personally, I would, I would want someone to do that to me. I wouldn't want to be a vegetable on life support my whole life and just be, you know, I would rather be in heaven with God. And hopefully we don't know that's where he's at. But I want to, I want to, I know I'm kind of sidetracked. I want to put you at ease. Here's the bottom line. Okay. For those of you maybe that are just listening or whatever, they don't know what happened. God gave you a dream or vision of what was going to happen. Okay. And that's beautiful. God trusts you with these things. God trusts you with these mysteries. And God gave you time to pray for him. Maybe that, maybe that prayer was Lord encounter him. And then maybe God encountered him on his deathbed. You know what I mean? We don't know. But God gave you the dream or vision. You did what you were supposed to do. You prayed for him. You talk with him. But at the end of the day, doesn't matter. It's his own free will. He chose to continue on that lifestyle. You guys told him if you keep going down this road, the end of this road is death. That's what the Bible mm -hmm. says. The wages of sin is death. If you go down this road, 
This is what is at the end of the road. And he didn't listen. He continued on with his own free will and what you saw happened. And it's, it's devastating. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's, there's nothing good about it. Nothing good in it, the whole situation, but you need to take heart that God is still on the throne. God is sovereign. And this doesn't change the nature of God because something bad happened. The sad part mm-hmm. is we live in a fallen world world with free will. And the same way God told Jonah, go preach to Nineveh. Jonah ignored God. Jonah disobeyed God. Finally, Jonah obeyed. He preaches to the city. God says, I'm going to destroy the city. That was the word. Mm-hmm. Nineveh repented because they had free will. And God didn't destroy the city. And then Jonah was mad. He said, Lord, you gave me a word. It didn't come to pass. And God's like, Jonah, you're mad that I didn't destroy the city? It's a good thing. So... It shows us that it's free will. God can give a word. God can change his mind. The word might not come to pass because people's free will. If I gave you a word that, hey, um, God's called you to reach a thousand people on social media, right? Just random. I give you a prophetic word and that's God's will. Yeah. You reach a thousand people and you don't go on social media and you don't make an account and you don't post videos and you don't witness. It's, hey, it's the, God gave me the word. It's not like the word's wrong. It's that you weren't obedient to the word. And so in my mind, when I look at the the evidence and the details of this situation, the evidence is you got the word, you prayed, you did everything you're supposed to do. And now your hands are washed. You can move on and hopefully we'll see him in heaven. You know what I mean? Hopefully we'll see him in heaven, but I don't want you to be hard on yourself. I don't want you to be down on yourself and I don't want you to be discouraged and to lose any faith in God. Not that you are and lose any faith in God because, Hey, he chose to do that. And it, it's, you know, it's it's a hard, it's life. It's life. Life is not fair. Life is not easy. The devil doesn't play fair. And it's a, it's a very unfortunate situation. My heart goes out to you. So another thing I was going to say just very, very quickly, you know, no um, Saul, you know, Saul toys, um, yes. obviously because he was an unbeliever. Is that break, was that broken when he died? Or is this still um, in the spirit realm that still needs breaking? What's your thought on that? I mean, yeah, I don't know that soul ties break just because the person passes away because we know that there's people in the chat right now that have a soul tie with someone that passed away 30 years ago. You know, they can't get over the person. They can't stop thinking about them. They can't get in another relationship because that friend they had or that family they had. And so I think soul ties are more not about the person you have a soul tie with, but more about your own soul, what you've allowed in your soul. Because you, I could have a soul tie with you but that doesn't mean you have a soul tie with me. You know what I mean? I could have a soul tie with you where it's like, man, I'm attached to you in that spiritual realm. And you might not even, you might not even know me or not even care about me, but somehow I got this unhealthy affinity towards you. So I, I believe, and I, again, I could be wrong. These are mysteries. I don't know everything, but I do. I think that just because someone has a soul tie and they pass away, doesn't mean the soul tie is gone. I would still, Hey, I need to break this, get rid of these unhealthy Mm -hmm. things. Cause there's people that grieve for like, hey, 30 years, they can't move on. I think that's an unhealthy soul tie. I think there's a time yeah. for mourning, a time for grieving, but then you don't want to be 10 years down the road and you still can't move on from something like this, you know? So should I break that over my daughter and my granddaughter? The, oh, the yeah, I would definitely tie. pray that the Lord would break any tie, any unhealthy affinity or affection or attachment, you know? I mean, it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating what happened, and we just need to pray healing over everybody in this situation. 
Okay. Thanks, Azoya. That's Thank really helped. Thank you so much for calling. I, I know it's a hard situation. I don't have all the answers, sister. Like, I wish I could give you this formula of it's very complex and it's, it's a hard question. It's a hard thing you're going through. And it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be like Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah's like, Lord, I keep praying and I'm seeing no results and I'm seeing things get worse. And like, man, you have all these prophets that were vulnerable with God. Like, God, I'm confused. I don't understand. Why did this happen? I need your help. I'm, I'm mourning. God is okay with those honest prayers. You're not going to offend God. These uh, prophets would pray this all the time. They didn't understand why. Why am I praying and things are getting worse? Why am I even praying and things aren't changing? It's like God says, you know, Habakkuk, look around the nations and be amazed. I'm doing something in your day. After Habakkuk just complained that God wasn't doing anything. So God is moving. God is on the throne. When we get to heaven, mm -hmm. sister, it'll all make sense. These questions will be answered, but right now we just have to trust him and I will just challenge you to cling to him and, and hang on to him. Will do. Thanks, Isaiah. All right. God bless you, sister. God bless. Bye. Take care. Very good question. Not easy to answer. And hey, I'm just asking the Lord for words of wisdom for people. You know, I'm asking Lord, give me the gift of wisdom for these situations. Give me the right answers that you would give. And I'm, I'm, I'm human, y'all. I don't know it all. I don't have it all together. I'm answering her questions. I'm reading the chat. I'm trying to pull up Bible verses. And I'm just, uh, I love all of you guys. My heart breaks. I'm moved with compassion. I'm doing this because I'm moved with compassion for people. So some people might disagree. It's okay. All right. The poll results are in. We have 600 votes. 46% said chat Q&A. 54% said answer calls. All right. So we've been live for an hour and 15 minutes. We'll go another, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. And then we will... We'll still answer the chat, okay? We'll still answer questions in the chat and stuff. It's Friday afternoon. I'm already here. We're doing it. So we're going to reopen. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I had some epic music. For the first time in 63 episodes, we are opening back up the calls. In 63 episodes, I've said I was going to do this. In 63 episodes, I said we'll reopen the calls one day. And today is the day. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. The number's going back up. Of course, I won't get to everybody that jumps in the call right now. But here we go. We're putting it back up the numbers i don't even know if i could put it back up here hold on let's see yeah i can there it is dial quick because i have my finger on the lock button and i'm not i'm only going to go another probably 30 minutes and then i'm going to talk to the chat and answer questions because i still have to record and stuff today so here we go ladies and gentlemen i'm about to lock it right now it's going to be quick it's moving quick all right it's locked i know it feels bad i know it feels bad it's so quick I don't even know if I'll get to all the people in the chat. I know. Hey, listen, there's 1400 of you total right now watching. So 1400 people, maybe what uh, out of 1400, probably a hundred, maybe tried to call. So I, I, it's quick. It's quick. When people get in, we're going to take these callers. God willing, you know, I don't know what, what could happen here. And then we will answer questions from the chat. Okay. Where is it? Oh, I'm sorry. It's already, if you're asking where it is, it's already it's already gone. It was on the screen. Sorry, guys. I'm one person. Look at it. It's just me. Is there anybody else in here? Oh, wait. There's one more person in here. There's two people in here. If he counts as a person. I'm sorry. I'm just one person. I can't do everything. Okay? All right. Here we go. Taking our first caller. Thank you so much for calling. Please let me know your name and where you're calling in from. Hi, my name is Amber. I'm calling from Lubbock, Texas. How are you, Amber? 
I'm good. I'm so happy I was able to get on. I'm glad you got in. And the question of the hour is, will you be at the event we're doing in Texas or not? I just found out about that. I'm going to see if I can make it there because that's actually a trip that I can make accommodatable. So I'm hoping I might be able to. I would love to see you in person. Yeah, not to put you on the spot or anything, but hey, you're in Texas and I thought you might want to go out there. So yeah, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, but I hope you do get to go out there. Uh, what's going on today? What was your question? So my question is related to um, something that I think was a curse possibly put on me and my family. Um, long story short, my dad was in a relationship with a woman and we were very disconnected from him for a long time, me and my sister. And we had our suspicions that she had done something to him because my dad, who was very much a great provider and a great dad, kind of just forgot about us during a time that him and my mom were getting a divorce. And so my grandmother did something now that I know walking with God wasn't something we should have done and we thought she had gotten to a witch and had something done and so she had my sister walk through this thing of you know wrapping a picture and doing some things at home and burning them basically and incantation had, a spell yeah and I know that it had to have been somewhat real because my stepmother after talking with her about this rift that was between us and my dad she confirmed basically even when he was in the presence of that woman long after the fact after their relationship was over that my dad would go into this daze when he's seen her and so my stepmother god bless her i'm grateful for her she said a lot of prayers and i know that that was broken off my dad but my sister has had a lot of issues in her relationships and even suicidal thoughts and i went through that too which i've gone through the prayers I'm so grateful for you and what you do in walking through deliverance. Me and my husband follow you closely. Awesome. And we've gone through those to break those off. But my sister just seems to go through this roller coaster of issues in her life. And I advise her to walk through, you know, the renouncing and rebuking of things. But I'm wondering if, you know, I don't know that she's actually walked through that. And so I'm wondering if there's something that I can do to to break that off of her as well and to just how to lead her into that she's not following god as closely as i am now and so you know i'm telling her about the word of god and trying to bring her closer to him but it's just something that's weighed on my heart a lot in this season and i'm bringing it to light to her slowly to make her realize that we have to break this together yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that that whole ritual and the spell that was done in your family could could for sure warrant a curse. The Bible says in Proverbs, a curse can't land without a cause. So no one's just getting cursed just randomly. Like if that was the case, I would have a million curses because all these witches on social media hate me. So they would all they I've probably been cursed. I don't know, 10,000 times since I started this and none of them have landed because a curse without a cause can't land. So what happens is when you do incantation spells, rituals, you're giving a curse, basically a landing spot. It's basically like a helicopter pad for a curse. When you do these rituals, you're allowing spirits, curses, demons, you know, disem these disembodied spirits to come into our family line, come into our bloodline, come into our family, come into our lives. And you're opening the door and consequentially you are now dealing with suicidal thoughts, dealing with anxiety, yeah. dealing with depression. You know, can't keep a job, can't keep a relationship, unhappy. I'm just naming a bunch yeah. of different things, right? And people don't connect yeah. the dots. They don't connect the that, wait, that's not because 
just natural. That's because we opened a door somewhere and that's actually an unclean spirit causing me to feel this way. 100%, I, I, I don't know if I say this, I'm gonna get flagged, but whatever. 100% suicide is demonic. 100% of the time. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, well, you know, sometimes the brain, no, your brain is not talking to you. That mm -hmm. voice telling you to take your life is a mm -hmm. demonic spirit. And that goes for everybody watching in the chat. This is not just some little thing. This is an unclean spirit. And we have to fight this thing. We have to war for our family. We have to war for our friends to break and come against us. So yeah, you can pray warfare prayers. You can do what you're mm -hmm. doing and pray against this. You can keep talking to her. Honestly, a lot of times, deliverance and freedom brings people to, makes people open to hear the gospel, makes people open mm -hmm. to receive Jesus Christ into their life. So whatever mm -hmm. means necessary, you know, it's like yeah. if it's deliverance, if it's a miracle, like imagine somebody gets healed of cancer and that person gets healed and says, I want to know who healed me. So it was that, that supernatural healing that brought them to the faith. Sometimes it's them getting delivered that brings them to the faith. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. uh, just hearing a sermon. God uses everything for his good. So I'm praying yeah. that this whole situation would open your sister's eyes to the supernatural open her eyes to how real the demonic is and let her see like, man, this is real. God can deliver you. God can heal you. God can restore you. And this thing could be cast out. And that might even be you asking her one day when it's the right time at your house mm -hmm. or somewhere, Hey, I know you've been going through this. I love you. You're my sister. I would do anything for you. Would you mind if I just prayed for you and then praying a mm -hmm. deliverance prayer? You know what I mean? And it, yeah, listen, yeah. if you pray a deliverance prayer over her, and all of a sudden, her heart starts racing. She starts getting real sweaty, anxious. She's immediately going to go, wait, why am I acting like this? What is happening? And that is the open door for you to say, oh, yeah, you know, this is a spirit. And the Bible says, just get a few verses memorized. Jesus cast out demons. The disciples in Acts chapter mm -hmm. 8 cast out demons. Um, Acts 19, Paul cast out demons. And just give her a few scriptures. This is not crazy. You're not weird. This is biblical. Yeah. Many people go through this and God can free you right now. And I believe that, bam, revival could happen right in her life right there. And that might be something the mm -hmm. Lord leads you to do. Yeah. And I felt like it's, it's really hard for her. She suffers from the orphan spirit because yeah. of the separation that we had with my dad. And it was so bad, Isaiah. Um, right after, right when my parents separated, he met this woman. We didn't have him in our lives. I experienced a horrific car wreck and witnessed two people die and wow. we just lost a lot of things within two years and i recently went back to my trauma site and rebuked the trauma spirit that had followed me after 19 years of caring wow. so much and i'm taking back my life and praise god i'm so Come grateful because you your videos were so influential on me and my husband and we're we're literally three years into this walk and just thank you for what you're doing it's to god's awesome. glory that you're doing what you're doing and i appreciate it because me and my husband follow you and you know um, some of the other pastors that are you're in close relationship with and we're very grateful for you thank you so much thank you for sharing that it's very encouraging let's say a quick prayer for your sister okay okay um, and do you mind telling me her name or if you don't want to share that, that's totally cool. No, her name's Amanda. 
Okay, Father, today, Lord, we just come before you humbly. Father, we lift up Amanda. God, we know that it's your will that no one perishes, that no one takes their life, but everybody comes to repentance. So I just pray right now for Amanda, Lord, that you would just encounter her right now. We come against every spirit of suicide. You will not take her life. You have no power. You have no authority. We just say, come off of Amanda's life, come out of her body. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, God, you would deliver Amanda. Father, we know that you're not bound to time, space, or place. We pray, God, according to Hebrews 1, send your ministering angels to Amanda right now, Father. We're asking you, Lord, if you would send your ministering angels to Amanda and that you would just be with her right now, God, and bring deliverance to her. God, we know that you have the power to deliver. You are the God that heals. You are the God that delivers. So we pray, God, deliver Amanda. Free her from these chains. God, we don't want to see her in these chains. We don't want to see her in these bondages. Neither do you. So we intercede today. We intercede today, God, just like you told us to do. You said to ask, even though you know what we need. And today, God, we ask you right now to deliver and heal Amanda. Heal her mind. Heal her heart. I just pray right now, God, that you would just remove all the trauma in her mind and in her heart. You would just heal her, restore her, renew her. Bless her in Jesus' mighty name, God, that you will bring her to repentance. She'll be on fire for you and serving you with everything, God. And I even pray, God, she would do deliverance. Not only will she be delivered, she'll do deliverance on other people. She'll bring healing to other people. She'll restore other people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you, sister. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you in Texas. Yes. Yes. God bless you, Isaiah. All right. God bless. Take care. Really good question. Yes, guys, I believe, how do I say this? Without apology. I don't remember the word, but I wanted to use a fancy word to sound smart, but I don't remember it. So I'm just going to have to use, I'm unapologetic about this. Suicide is a demon. Suicide is demonic. I've cast the spirit out of many people and it's, it's serious. It's no joke. A lot of people are dealing with it. The Domino Revival movie has a whole segment about canceling suicide and then at the end there's a whole prayer about breaking the spirit of suicide and canceling suicide so don't do it guys you're you matter you matter to us you matter to god it's a lie from the devil that people will be better off without you it's a lie from the devil that this is the only way out it's a lie from the devil you'll always be in pain some of you are in so much emotional pain right now you're in so much emotional distress you think that it's the only way out but there's another way out Suicide is not the only way out. And it's, it's, in fact, suicide is not a way out. The only way out is coming to Jesus, getting a new life, putting yourself on the cross, dying to yourself, denying yourself, and finding new life in Jesus. Suicide is not the answer. In my opinion, suicide is a first-class ticket to hell. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. Is there a 0.1% chance you could commit suicide and go to heaven? I'm not willing to risk that. I'm not willing to risk that. I think God takes every case base by base and he judges and decides when people commit suicide. But I would not teach people that suicide, people that commit suicide go to heaven. I would just err on the side of, hey, I think this could send you to hell and this is no joke. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know you can say, well, my mother, my dad was under the influence and he's probably in heaven. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to argue that. We'll know when we get there. But I wouldn't teach people that when you commit suicide, you go to heaven. I think it's a terrible, terrible thing to do. And it's a cowardly thing to do. And it's, it's no joke. Okay. We got four more. Let's take the next one here. We'll try to do these a little bit quicker if we can. 
We'll take Christy here in the chat. Christy, you can go ahead and turn your <laughs> mic on. Christy, can you hear me? Oh, no. There she yes. is. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, how are you? Can you hear me? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you picked me. I'm so excited. Hello, everyone. Hello. Where are you calling from? I love the enthusiasm, too. <laughs> um, I'm from Medford, Oregon, southern awesome. Oregon. Awesome. Calling from yeah. Oregon. I don't think I've ever been to Oregon. Yeah, it's one state I've never well, preached in. You need to come because some people and I we're losing you christy hold on hold the thought where your mic's cutting out venue. oh no i think your service might be going out oh no can you hear me can, oh can you're you cutting me? out I i'm hear here you. i'm hearing like every other word let's see no. let's give it a second to try to see if it connects no okay i hear you now try to talk now oh lord please have it connect can, okay okay can you hear me yes i hear you now Oh, okay. Phew, that made me sweaty. Oh, uh, we lost you again. Okay, go ahead. Let's start okay. fresh here. All right, Christy. So tell me what you're saying about coming to Oregon. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I hear Am you. Am I now. good? Yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So some people and I are trying to create a venue and an open time, and we were gonna email you and. Jenny Weaver and Mike and Alexander and Vlad and because we have a huge open area Southern Oregon needs deliverance I'm telling you that right now okay well I'll be anyway looking for that. I'll be looking okay for that just make sure you put in the form that we talked on a call <clears throat> okay you got it and I so, think I said Oregon it's Oregon right am I, I saying it wrong like, oh, um Oregon yeah, Oregon. Okay, I said Oregon. Everyone's like, you're saying Oregon. Everybody Guys, says, I say all these words wrong, so just let me say it wrong. It is Oregon. Yeah, it, Oregon. Or I, I think I said Oregon. It's Oregon. It's not Oh, it's Oregon. Or Wait, so I was saying it right? Oh, we're losing Oregon. you. You'd, yeah, sounds good. Okay, I'm saying it right. There we go. Oregon. Okay, oh <laughs> now gosh. I'm really confused. All right, we're losing you. Hold on. Ooh, I hope it doesn't. Liar. Yeah. Are you on Wi-Fi or are you just on like cell service right now? Can you now? hear me? Bye. Yeah, we're losing you. Hold on. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. I'm not going to hang up on you. I'm I'm, hey, listen, I'm here with you. I'm not going to hang up. I'm right here. Oh, man. Okay, is that better? Yes, I hear you now. Okay. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. It's okay. Listen, it's not your fault. It's technology. We got it. It is what it is. Okay. So basically, I have crazy vivid dreams all the time. Okay. Some of them have been straight up like a warning from the Lord. Other have been completely demonic. Yeah. Um, My issue is sometimes my dreams are so odd that I know it's from the Lord, but I have no clue what it means. Um, and I know that everybody, you know, you repent, you come to the Lord, you're called, you know, to go out, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Um, so I'm not sure if my dreams are the Lord kind of telling me where to go, but they're so confusing. I am like, all right, Lord, what does that mean? And I try to look it up, but then I don't want to look up like in the wrong, you know, like just Google it. Like, what is it dream? You know, what does this dream mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
And also one thing real quick is my husband is not saved and I'm a 1000% sold out believer. And so in the bedroom, he plays these horrible demonic video games and he has posters of them up in the room. Right. And so like all the time I'm Lord, have your angels come and surround Holy spirit, you know, everything like anointing, everything i put oil on those posters and on the video games and I'm rebuking them. Um, but there's dark shadows that go towards the back bedroom. And when I see them, it makes me mad. Yeah. So I mean, like I, I literally get up and I point my hand down the hall and I scream and tell them to leave in the name of Jesus and they leave, but basically, sorry. Anyway. So I just need to know maybe more how to discern what my dreams mean um, like, just, yeah, I've had yeah, a lot of people calling in today about their husband. Guys, we need the husband saved out here. What is going on with all these husbands? Everyone calls us like my husband. Like I said earlier, it's hard, you know, guys have pride, but we really got, we got to really pray for these men that God would raise them up, that they'd be radical. Cause it seems to be the verses I was given earlier apply to everyone. A lot of people call and saying their husband has, you know, some compromise and stuff like that. So we definitely need to pray for that. As far as dreams, dreams are very hard. The reason why I don't do like dream interpretation streams is because it's hard to tell the source of the dream. We know like you could have a dream from your human spirit, which mm -hmm. is could be random because you ate something. You could have a dream from the Holy Spirit, which is biblical. The Holy Spirit mm -hmm. gives dreams. He spoke to Joseph in a dream three times, told him where to go when Jesus was born, all of that. And dreams are all through the Bible. We know dreams. I have a whole video on this. Dreams are God's language. And or and or both, you could have a dream from a demonic spirit. So like I had a dream last night that I remember that was not a good dream. It was horrific. It was demonic. It was like me waking up in the middle of the night, rebuking and praying, going like, oh, what was that? You know, so yeah. And I have dreams from the Holy Spirit. Like I had a dream, I don't know, a week ago that I know was about someone else, but it was from the Holy Spirit. And I sent the person the dream. Hey, I had a dream about this. I don't know fully what it means, but I'm praying for you. That was it. I sent them a message, right? So, and other days I have dreams where it's like, it wasn't demonic. It wasn't, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was just random. So that was the human spirit. That's the mm. thing. I always teach people, and I'm going to give you a short version of this because I have a whole teaching on this. If you just YouTube it on my name is I put it through two, uh, three tests for every dream. Okay. Test number yeah. one is what is the origin of the dream? So mm. was the dream from myself? Was the dream from the devil or was the dream from God? If the dream was from myself or the devil, then I could just disregard it, right? If it's the devil, I could just rebuke it and come against it. If it's from myself, I just, oh, it was a dream. Everybody dreams, not every dream's from God. It is what it is. If it was right. from God, then I would write it down. I would pray about it. I would look at scriptures based on the symbols. I wouldn't right. start looking at like, what does this dream mean on like a dream dictionary? I would look at scriptures. So for example, if I had a dream of a river and I'm by the river and whatever, I'm going to start looking up scriptures that have rivers in them, I'm, <laughs> but always go to the Bible, right? Anytime you're looking for right. dream interpretation, as you could just Google verses about rivers, verses about seagulls, verses about ravens, verses about whatever you're dreaming of. You know, if you have a dream of a raven, Verses on ravens, right? What does the raven represent? Okay, the raven fed Elijah. What does that mean? So this is what I would say about that. Find out the origin. As uh, yeah. First John tells us, test the spirits. So like, for, for example, if it's a, of me, I have to ask myself like, 
does this dream feed my ego or does it exalt Jesus? Is this dream something I desire? Is it about self? Is it self-gratification? So that would be like a test of, is it from me? Or if it's of Satan, like, is the dream destructive? Does it cause lust in me? Is it sexual in nature? God's not going to give you sexual dreams. So right. if it's sexual, then okay, that's from the devil. If it's me, and it sounds bad to say, killing somebody, it's probably from the devil. So that's right. like that. And then God would be, hey, is this dream focused on Jesus? Is it making me more aware of him? Is it drawing me towards him? Do I feel peace when I wake up? Is the dream make me feel peace? That would be a dream from God. So these are just questions you could ask yourself right on the dream so that's number one is testing the origin of the dream number two yeah. is examining the content of the dream so what was the content of the dream uh what was the dream about again uplifting comforting what was the what was it what was the dream what was i doing in the dream was it uh, was i doing something for god was i doing something for ministry was i doing something god wanted me to do or was i doing something so these are very basic looking at the content and then third is what was the fruit of the dream? What does the dream produce? Does it produce a love for scripture? Does it produce peace in my life, joy in my life, fruit in my life, knowledge, humility? Like the lady earlier had a dream of something happening to somebody, but she knew that was a dream from God and she needed to pray and warn the person. So it's like, right. that was a godly dream. But if it's a dream where it's producing pride in me or exalting my flesh, it's probably my own dream or a demonic dream. You know, Or if I'm confused and anxious in the dream, or I'm fearful in the dream. It's, it could be a dream from the devil. So those are just three quick things I look at, whether it's from God or not. Even after all of that, I just told you, right? I could go on. I'm going to stop there. Even after all of that, it's still hard to distinguish. So the best thing to do is you wake up and say, Lord, was that a dream from you? Is this something you yeah. want me to look into? And you just have to listen to that still small <clears throat> whisper, that voice of God. Everybody here is God different to say yes, to say no. Um, and to start investigating and here, and here's the thing, last tip I'll give you. If you have a dream that you think is from God, but it's not from God. So you think it is right. You're like, this is a God dream. As you start investigating scripture about the dream, as you start praying about it, you're going to, it's going to fall flat. You're going to feel there's no oil. There's no unction. There's no anointing. There's no, it's just like, it's basically a dead end. Then you can probably conclude, oh, probably that wasn't a dream from God. That was probably just my own dream. I thought it was from God, but it was probably just my own dream. So if, if you're in your investigation of the dream, it's falling flat, probably not a dream from God. So I hope that helps. I know it's a lot. And uh, I was trying to give you like an hour long teaching in you know, five no. or 10 minutes. But those are just some advice I'd give you. At the end of the day, it is hard. You just have to go to God in prayer and the word and, and see what he has no. to say. But if you think it's from God, write it down. You know, yeah, write it down sure. and reflect on it, pray on it. And then the Lord might say, no, this isn't from me. And you can just kind of scratch it. Okay. Can I ask for you to pray for me really quick? Absolutely. Please. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm trying not to take up a lot of oh, time. Oh, no, you're good. Um, well, I'm supposed to have, I was supposed to have um, open brain surgery on October 31st, right? And I was telling okay. the Lord, like, if this is not supposed to happen have it not happened well i ended up getting a chest cold so they canceled it until december 19th okay. i have brain tumors and really bad epilepsy they're trying to um see if they can take the tumors out or if they have to do like an implant on my brain to stop the seizures okay um so and like i have a tumor on my the way you say the devil's been trying to kill you, I'm telling you right now, I know exactly what you feel like. I know exactly what you feel like. 
Um, but just my, you know, my body's a wreck. So if you can just pray for me Absolutely. about the brain, major brain surgery, you know. Yeah, well, I'm glad it got canceled, especially on Halloween. You don't want to be having brain yeah. surgery on where all the witches are out praying. You're over here having brain surgery. And also, we're going to pray that God would heal you and that the surgery would be canceled again. You know, we yeah. when I pray, I'm not here going like, oh, well, we'll see what God will we'll put all our money on red and hopefully he doesn't hit black. Like, it's not a roulette wheel. We're not gambling. We're not. We're praying with faith. James says, don't be double minded. So I'm going to pray for you right now. But I want you yeah. to know I am praying and there's. 1,300 people in here that are going to pray as well. And I want everyone to pray for her to be healed. That's what we're praying for. We're not <laughs> praying that, you know, Lord, maybe if it's your will. And if you no, we're praying. We know it's the will of God. Jesus healed all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. The disciples healed the sick. We've been given the power of Jesus. We want to believe for healing right now. So that's what we're going to pray for. I want faith to arise. I want those in the chat that have unbelief. You don't need to join us in prayer. I only want those praying that have the faith to believe that God can and will heal her right now. Because I don't want to pray and be double-minded. Because the Bible says if you pray and you're double-minded, you're unstable, you could expect to receive nothing from God. So we don't want to receive nothing. We want her to be healed. We don't want her to have to go through surgery. We want this to be a testimony to her husband and her family. So with that being said, we're going to pray for you right now to be healed, okay? Thank you so much. So, Father, right now, we just bring Christy before you. As your word says, God, we pray that she would be healed in Jesus' name. I just pray power of the Holy Spirit from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, God. I just pray that you would touch her in her body. All sickness, all disease, all tumors would go in Jesus' name. Psalms 103 says he heals all sickness and all our diseases. So I pray right now over Christy's mind, over her body, over her brain, Every tumor must go. Every tumor must go. We command your body to come in alignment with God's word. By his stripes, we are healed. And I just pray the healing power of God. I pray, Lord, she goes back to the doctors and they say, we don't know what to tell you, but all the tumors are gone. Father, we know you can do this. You are a God that heals. We believe you. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. God, we believe you at your word. We come in agreement for healing over Christy right now. God, we pray, we intercede in Jesus' mighty name. We pray for Christy's brain to be healed right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray for Christy's brain to be restored in Jesus' name. God, do what only you can do. Heal her right now, Father. Every tumor must go. Satan, get your hands off her. Every representative of Satan that's causing sickness, get your hands off her. Your reign of terror is over. Every foul spirit of infirmity, just like the woman in Luke 13, we come against now. Spirit of infirmity, you have no power, you have no strength, you have no authority, the Lord rebukes you. Infirmity, the Lord rebukes you. You must go now, come out of her body sickness, come out of her body tumors, leave her now in Jesus' name. Leave her now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do right now, I pray. Heal her body, God. We come in agreement, you said where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst of them, God. You said if we agree on something, you will answer if we agree. So we agree on this. We agree on yeah. this healing right now. In Jesus' name. God, do what oh, only you can do. Thank, thank you, Thank you so much. Christy, we're believing 100% that they're going to go back in there and say, you know, they're going to do a pre-opt and look and say, nope, she doesn't even need surgery. She's completely healed. I know. I told my family. I said, when I go back up to Portland and 
they do the MRI before the surgery, there's not going to be anything Come there. On. I'm going to be like, listen, scientific minds, let me t- let me tell you something that science can't explain. Real quick, come here. Absolutely. We're praying for that, so- okay? <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, sister. God bless. letting me talk. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Bye. All right, guys. When we pray, we got to pray for complete healing. Don't pray half-hearted. Don't pray double-minded. Some of you maybe haven't been seeing healing because you're like, well, Lord, if it's your will to heal, we know it's his will. He paid for healing. By his stripes, we are healed. So we want to make sure that when we're praying, we're praying out of faith. Some of you, maybe your prayer is not being answered because you're praying with unbelief in your heart. We got to pray with faith. All right. We're an hour and 50 minutes in. I was going to go to two hours. Let's take the next caller and we'll see where we go from here, okay? I still want to talk to the chat for a little bit and give you guys a chance to give as well to the stream today, but we will we will take a couple callers here. And well, we'll see. We'll see. Let's take the next caller and play it by call to call. Okay, we're loading in the next caller here. I think it's uh, Izel. Izel, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. How are you today? Hi. Um... Please call me on my real name, Juvie. That is just uh, an extra email that I have. Oh, okay. You said Julie is your real name? Juvie. Juvie. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, Juvie, thanks for calling. Where are you calling in from? From the Philippines. Philippines. Love the Philippines. You guys are awesome. What's going on today? Um, Actually, some of my... Um, a part of my question was already answered just a while ago about awesome. dreams, but... Yeah, I'm still going to ask this because from time to time, I have some creepy dreams and I pray a lot. I pray especially before sleeping, but sometimes they still happen. Okay. And um, one of them is like this. I was walking outside and it was so dark and there was no light outside. And so I was trying to find a light and... I found this house that looks like a church and there were people in it and some of them I personally know. So I was waiting there and I I was thinking they must be waiting for Jesus because it's so dark outside and who is the light? It's only Jesus, right? But Mm -hmm. then what arrived isn't Jesus. It's a demon and it was so heavy the feeling was so heavy and i couldn't move and i saw these people touching and hugging that demon and i was just there crying and i was asking why and then i woke up freezing dreams like that and they make me so confused and some other dreams would be like a person chasing me and wanting to hurt me and um actually there was um a dream recently where a person imprisoned me and told me that i wasn't gonna find help i i will i won't be able to escape that place and this person is actually the exact opposite of my husband okay to be honest um years ago i've been um in discipleship and during that time i actually encountered an incubus 
and my pastors prayed for me. But because of that um, event, until now, I'm still afraid to sleep sometimes on my own. So you're basically just having nonstop nightmares all the time. Yeah, but not every day, just from time to time. Okay. And have you been through like a full deliverance before where people prayed like deliverance over you and it was like more than just a few minutes, but you went through full deliverance? Um, I don't think so because my pastor and a few other people in our church just prayed for a few minutes for me. Yeah. One of the symptoms, if you've seen my content, I'm sure you've heard me say this. One of the symptoms of being demonized is like these reoccurring nightmares. Like somehow, again, I, I don't know how it all works in the spirit realm, but when there's demons there in us, they have some type of access to dream, you know, to give us dreams, to give us dreams and to give us nightmares. And sometimes when people have nightmares, like often like recurring nightmares, it could be yeah. from an unclean spirit. They're hiding somewhere in us. And it, you might not even know it. The demon might not even be doing anything in you until you fall asleep. Obviously we know when we sleep, our spirit doesn't sleep. Like our spirit doesn't go to bed. Spirits don't need sleep. So even though we're asleep, our spirit's still awake. And, and there's a whole phenomenon with that. So it could be that you need some deliverance there. I would highly recommend getting like a, seeing if you can find someone to do one-on-one -on -one deliverance or check our deliverancemap.com to find someone in the Philippines to do one-on-one -on -one deliverance. But it sounds like there could be something there. And, and I'm also open to pray for you right now that just these dreams would stop because, you know, obviously it's miserable to have nightmares and have bad dreams, especially if they're, if they're quite often. Um, yeah, please pray for me. Pray for uh, me. Okay. Father, we lift up our sister to you today, God. We just pray that you would bring breakthrough, you would bring healing, and you would bring deliverance, God. That all these nightmares and bad dreams would end in Jesus' name. That she would have dreams from you. She would have dreams of holiness, of righteousness, and of good things. We just pray right now, God, that you would just cleanse her mind, wash her mind, and there would be no more nightmares in Jesus' name. Lord, just bring wholeness and bring healing and bring breakthrough over her right now. We just pray, God, do what only you can do. Restore her, deliver her, and just bring breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do right now. In her mind, give her peace, give her rest, give her joy. We pray in Jesus' name. No more night terrors, no more night nightmares, but we just pray breakthrough and blessing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for calling in. And we're just believing for freedom that you'd have no more of these night terrors and nightmares and your dreams would only be dreams from God. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. Take care. All right. We're going to take, oh, I feel so bad not taking these last two people. We're going to take these last two people because I feel too bad leaving them. If you hear screaming, my kids are in the other room, probably wrestling or something. They're home from school, but yeah, it's Friday afternoon. So weird being live this early. It's like light outside and I'm live. Okay, let's take these last two. And then we'll answer a couple questions and we will give you guys a chance to partner and to give into the stream and all that good stuff. And again, Gideon will be on on Tuesday sharing his testimony, hanging out and talking. And then Monday, I will be live with a word from God or whatever. We'll see what God wants to do. We'll see. All right, Joshua and Jacqueline, I believe. Probably pronounced that wrong. We're going to take you guys here. How are you doing? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. How are you? Oh, well, hello. Thank you all so much. I'll try to be quick. No um, worries. Uh, where are you calling in from? Invite your kiddos. 
So uh, I'm Jacqueline, I'm from Little Elm, Texas. And um, yes, I'll be going up there to the Irving. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, are you going yes. to our event? I'm over here promoting the event yes. again. Well, I went to the previous one. I went to the previous one. Um, awesome. And then they had to move it from Dallas to uh, Greenville and then moved it this one to Irving. So, okay. um, but question, so, you know, I've known the Lord for a long time. I don't think I really like gained a relationship with him until when I had my kids in my twenties. And so I'm 41 now. I'm trying to spend more time with the Lord. A lot of things have happened, but ever since I had, was in a previous relationship, a marriage for 18 years together, 21, I got divorced, uh, not expected, not what I wanted, but it is what it is. God had blessed me, uh, three and a half years later, got remarried. It's been wonderful. It's great. Um, but I feel like since I feel like I've been more challenged in this season for being married for two years because of everything that happened with the previous marriage, like I have children. So I still have to handle child support. I still have to handle court situations where we have to go into court and seeing each other and handling stuff like that. I'm in a situation where I'm trying to, um, my daughter left state and left her daughter here and was involved in drugs and alcohol. And oh. I'm trying to raise my granddaughter and she's now four. And my daughter's trying to say, well, I'm doing X, Y, Z. I should have her back. And I'm like, dude, it's not even been three months, like stop. And wow. so like, we're not doing that. And so it's just been a challenge. And then I'm in a new marriage, but then at the same time with my new marriage, although it's a, it's been a blessing, he's very good. He loves the Lord. It's like, then I'm still having to deal with like, um, learning the new hymn and uh, how we flow with the Lord and with one another. I'm learning about deliverance. I never was raised with it. I never understood authority. I've just learned it from Julie Green Ministries about authority. And, and then I came into Jenny Weaver and then you and Pagani and all, you know, all these wonderful people. And it's just like, I'm trying to find a church. I just heard you say earlier, there's one in every place. And I'm like, dude, no, I yeah. haven't found it in North You're Texas. Like, no, where like, I'm no. at. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to get to is I'm struggling with my, I hear things like I read in the Bible that Gideon, how the, the, the Lord came to him. This guy isn't fasting. He's not even seeking God in this moment. He's just trying to like live and survive and like, you know, hide and, and get some wheat over here, you know, and then you hear David, he's just out like doing his thing with the sheep. And yet God chooses him. And then the moment he gets anointed with Samuel, he's get like, he gets filled with like, it says like the spirit. So I'm like, I hear stories of even like Signorelli and how he, you know, was a teenager. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody said, I had a dream about you. He, the Lord showed me you're going to do X, Y, Z. And I'm not going to lie. I'm like, mid jealous like lord i i am seeking you i'm going through all these things all these things happen i didn't even want them to happen but i'm seeking you and like i'm not i'm i feel like i'm hitting the ceiling people are like yeah. are you fasting are you doing this are you doing that and i'm like go back to the last thing god said i said i feel like god told me to pray and i've been praying for a long time and i'm like lord then why am i hitting the ceiling with my job why am i hitting the ceiling in these relationships why am i hitting the ceiling like i feel like i'm searching so desperately for a church who wants to allow the holy spirit to do what he wants to do yeah and i'm struggling and i feel like i'm just in this 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 dome and i'm just i'm frustrated i'm getting anxious not that i'm I, not that i'm not in my word but i feel like i'm, I'm almost um being more challenged with other things around the house and the family that I've yet to get to my word today. I've yet to spend time with them. My fasting used to be so easy and simple before it, it was just like so natural for me. Like I was like, I want you got not that I don't want them now, but 
I feel like I'm struggling. Like, I'm like, dude, why did I throw that in my mouth today? I was supposed to fast today. And I was just like, well, darn it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, and I feel like, and, and I know it's stupid, but like my head's like, well, it's because you got that divorce or because you did this or yeah. like, I, everybody's talking about dreams. I've had vivid dreams since I've been five years old, like demonic to like, I had one when with G like I, I, as I'm older, I'm like, that had to have been Jesus with two angels. I kid you not. I was being like ascended up. I remember that because some creepy demonic thing was crawling in towards me. And I remember, and I said, Oh, and as a five-year-old, I remember having this at five years old. And I said, Oh, but what about my mom? And the look on his face was downcasted. And I immediately was brought back and I woke up and I know it's silly. I know it's silly, but in my head, I'm like, see, that's, that's because of that, you know, and it's, it's stupid, but it's like, I struggle and I'm like, I'm trying not to get emotional, but I'm like, God, I don't understand why a lot of this is happening. Like my finances have been like thrown out the window because of court. My teenage son is in, in and out of court, you know, dealing with drugs and sex and, you know, I'm trying to build this, have this new life with this new husband, but he, we have our quirks and we're trying to learn each other, going to counseling and my daughter with her daughter. And it's like, oh, I just want to get a break. I want stability. I want to see God move. And it's like, people say, lay hands on this person and believe. I'm like, I do. I swear. I know I have faith greater than a mustard seed, but it's like, I'm not seeing it. And I'm like, God, I know you say, don't go by sight, go by faith, you know? But then I feel like it, nothing's happening. <laughs> Well, listen, just, go ahead. So keep going. Keep going. Where, where do I go? What scripture have I not seen? <laughs> um, I just don't know what to do at this point. Okay. Just, so number one, you're not crazy. Everybody in the chat is saying, I'm going through the same thing. Me too. I feel the same way. And um, I don't want to be rude at all. Insult your intelligence, say anything that's rude, but you're going through, you know, life, life is hard. It's you quoted two people. You quoted Gideon who gives a powerful encounter with God, but then has to go tear down idols at his own house. Then the city comes, wants to kill him, and his dad's there, and his dad's in between the guys that want to kill him and him, and they're like, well, why is he tearing down all the idols? And his dad's like trying to defend him and say, well, listen, if these idols are real and these gods are real, why don't you let them defend themselves? And so Gideon, Gideon's having trouble. And then you talk about David. David gets anointed, and then Saul's trying to kill him for years. David's like, why have you betrayed me? I mean, you go read Psalms. David's like constantly struggling and going through battles. So yeah, we see these mighty men of God like you reference, but you also see incredible battle, incredible struggle, life. You know, you're going through a lot because like you said, you're married for what it was 18 years and now you're remarried and there's all those past things and past relationships and past emotions and past feelings and then children. It's like you start mixing in all of these complexities, it's absolutely exhausting. I think what you're going through is, is normal. I'm going to give you a verse to encourage you. And hopefully it's not like, well, obviously Isaiah, but I have a verse for you, but obviously, yes, it's hard. It's not easy. It's life. And the only way I see you surviving is with God. Like, I don't see any other way you could. There's really two ways you can go during storms or times of trial or what you're going through. You know, it's a, it's a hard time you're going through is you either it causes you to run farther towards God or quicker or whatever you want to say more towards God or farther away from God. So people either run towards God or away from God during times like this. And so you have, you're at a crossroads where you have to choose, Lord, I'm going to run towards you mo even more. I I'm discouraged. I know I don't, I know I'm not filling him, 
I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like fasting. I don't feel like reading. But you are going to make it, Jacqueline. You are going to make it. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There's a chapter, another chapter in your book. The story isn't over yet. It's just a rough chapter, but there's another chapter. You're going to turn the page. And these are times where you just feel like, and, and everyone's been through these times. Everybody, well, most people in the chat, I've been through them where everything's breaking, nothing's working, everybody's sick, bad news after bad news, the bad news brings you bad news. But then it's like, man, I look back at those times and you can't see it now because you're in those times. And I'm like, man, those were the most, those times were the most growth I've ever had. Like I had times where nobody knew and I, me and my wife had negative in our bank account literally didn't have money for rent and meanwhile i'm pastoring which i wasn't on salary at the church i'm preaching i'm traveling i'm you know a big crowd and all of this stuff and people don't know is like my account's negative and i'm trusting god that god's gonna see me through that the next place i preach at they're gonna bless me the next i'm living by faith for 13 years i've been living by faith and it's the worst feeling as a man to have negative in your account but i want to say this to that point i grew more during those times than I am even now where I'm not financially unstable. Because during those times, I had to run to God. Like those trials gave me a need to run to God. But when everything's fine, and this is the story of the Bible, when everything's fine, we ignore God. When everything's fine, we don't cling to God. When everything's fine. So sometimes you just have to thank God for these things. Sometimes things are so crazy that you have to be like, Lord, thank you for the trials I'm in. Thank you for these hard times. And I'm gonna give you a verse, okay? So I want you to take this verse, and you probably read this verse a million times, and you're probably like, duh, Isaiah. But I'm just trying to give you the best advice I can give you. Uh, James chapter one, verse two. Listen to this. And these are people that are being murdered and tortured and martyred for their faith. So I know you're going through it. I'm going through it. I got issues in my own personal life right now. People don't know about not sin, but like struggles in our family and news that we've recently gotten that's hard to go through. And we're praying, we're crying, we're doing all the stuff you're doing. You know, you have, you have problems and God's going to see you through. But look at what it says here. Consider it pure joy. Okay. Consider it pure joy. James 1, 2. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So James says, be excited about this. Be excited when you face these trials because your faith is being tested and it's producing perseverance. And then it says this in verse four, let perseverance finish its work. So I'm telling you this now, and James is telling you this, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God for he gives generous, generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. So right now, perseverance is working in you. God is growing endurance. That's what's happening to you. God's growing your endurance. So God is saying, let it work, it work itself out. Let it finish. Because at the end of all the stuff you just named, you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So that's the bottom line. You know, we'll pray for you. But at the end of the day, you got to find joy in this. You got to consider it joy when you go through these trials because the end of the day is where life is life and we're always going to have these issues. We're, there's always going to be a time where there's a struggle, there's a situation, but we have to do what the Bible says and consider it pure joy. And this is written to people that were being tortured for their faith. So I, I know if they can find joy in their situation, you know, me and you are not being tortured for our faith. We can find joy. I hope that helps you and I would love to pray for you as well. Again, when you... You guys come to me with these questions like, man, I wish I could give you 10 steps to making everything work out in your marriage, in your family, in your life. But we have to go to scripture and say, okay, I got to find joy in this. I got to know it's a season. 
it's endurance i'm growing and i'm gonna come out of this better than than i am right now does that help you at all thank you it's very encouraging thank you that was, that was your that was your personal sermon so let's say a prayer do you mind if i pray for you Oh, I'd love that. Thank you. Okay. Father, we just pray for Jacqueline today, Lord. We just pray that you would see her through the storm that she's going through. I pray, God, that you would show her that not only are you hearing her, but you're with her. You are Emmanuel, the God in our midst, and you care about her. You love her. Everything she just mentioned that she's going through, God, you deeply care about, that her needs are on your to-do list. Father, we know that you are here, God, hearing our prayers, hearing our cries. I pray she would not lose faith. I pray she would not fall into unbelief, but I pray that she'd do what James said. Consider it joy. Consider it joy when she goes through what she's going through. God, I pray you'd bless her new marriage. I pray you'd bless her family. I pray you'd bless her kids for a thousand generations. Bless her grandchildren if she has any, God, and just have your way. Do what only you can do and just anoint her, God. Anoint her, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless y'all. God bless you. Thanks for calling. All right, and she she must have had something going on. I heard her, her phone ringing as well. So keep praying for her, guys. Again, guys, I'm just a normal guy. I'm a normal guy. Uh, I wish I had all these like, oh, you need to do this, this, this. It's, we got to go to scripture. James 1, 2, consider it joy when you're going through trials. So that goes for all of you. All right, last caller. It's been two hours and 10 minutes. I need to eat something. I need to go see my kids. I have videos to record, but I'm going to take this last caller here and then we'll hang out the chat and all that good stuff. And those of you asking about giving, cause you have to go, you can give on any of those. Where are they at? Uh, right there. Any of those down there, my camera's backwards. So yeah, there's links to give all there on the screen and the description and blah, blah, blah. All right. Cheyenne is our last caller. Oh, two hours. That's a long time of answering questions. Cheyenne, how are you? Hello. Hi. You are the last right. caller of the day. Where are you calling in from? I'm New York. I didn't think I was going to get on the call. <laughs> oh, no. We're losing you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, I hear you. Sorry. There's something. I couldn't hear you for a minute. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to get on the call. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. I know. It's like once you get the call, you have to start moving stuff around, turning things off, and getting situated. It's no problem at all. Um, so my situation is, uh, kind of weird. Um, I, I left my big father who I didn't realize, um, we said vows in my grandma, but we never got, um, married like in courthouse, but okay. God let me know that he actually did, um, he did honor those vows that we took, okay. um, but I left him in April because it got very, very, um, abusive. Um, and it was, it was very demonic. It led me to deliverance. Um, so I left him, um, and this month recently, like last month, this month, I fell into disobedience because I, I was very double-minded of the fact that he told me to reach out back to him. Um, especially because it's very aware that he, I'm very aware now that he's in a new relationship and very happy. And we haven't talked, even though we had two kids because of how bad it got. Um, I reached out to him and uh I just got a lot of revelation and truth, which was really nice. So it did help me um in the way of now finally understanding why God had me move on. Um, but and he's gonna bless me with a nice car. But the problem is now that the feelings are starting to come back. Um 
and I've been through deliverance and I've tr- I've asked for God to break the soul ties and whatever it is. And like I said, he's in a new relationship, but the feelings are just starting to come back. Like while I'm trying to do what God told me, which was reconcil- reconciliation to, you know, be friends and family, but the feelings are still trying to realive, I guess you can say. Yeah. And, it, and you said the relationship was abusive. Um, it wasn't, it was, it was very, yeah, it was very, um, it was very toxic. Um, I could see the demons manifest in his face. I, I can, I could see them around the house. Um, it was, it was just very graphic, but it wasn't like, I don't think any of it was very purposefully. Like it was very influenced from demonic influences. Okay. I mean, yeah. Could we pray for you or it's a tough situation. The only advice I could really give you is any interaction or communication we have with someone that we have feelings for is just going to throw gas on the fire. So if you, if he's in a new relationship and you're like, I have feelings for him, but I don't want to have these feelings. and I don't, I don't want these feelings to get increased. Obviously. Um, the only way I, I think those feelings are going to increase is if you continue to communicate with him. And you said that you have children together. Is that correct? Yeah. And God, that's why, I, that's why I didn't want to reach back out to him. But I was, like I said, I, I fell into, you're doing it for the kids, him. right? No, I, um, I think it was for the kids. I think it also was, um, I have a lot of prophetic dreams. Um, and I'm in, I'm in church and they actually, they're the ones who let me know that I was falling into disobedience by not, um, getting back in contact with him. And when I got back in contact with him, God was telling me to warn him because he's in, he's in witchcraft now. Okay. So, so why did they I, want you to get back in contact? Because you have kids together? Because if you're already divorced, why were they encouraging you to, to get in contact with him? They didn't encourage me. They just let me know I was in disobedience. And then when I found out, when I realized, I realized that the disobedience was because he kept showing me signs to reach out to him and I wasn't okay. doing it. And he's involved in witchcraft, you said? Yes. So I don't know if it could be something he's doing. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think God wants me to have these feelings for him anymore. Um, because of how bad it got. Yeah. And you've been Uh, through deliverance. You've been breaking soul ties and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I do know that I went through, I went through deliverance twice, twice since I've left him. And it seems like, um, perversion has had a strong, is, is one that is giving a very hard problem to leave. And I think maybe that's why my mind keeps going back to feelings instead of just being reconciled as friendship. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll pray for you. I would definitely say the the thing that comes to mind for me, it's a tough situation, obviously, but the thing that comes to mind is the more you communicate outside of, you know, having to communicate because the kids, does does he see the kids or do you have like, do you drop them off to him? He's in Georgia. Oh, so he's he's in in another state. Yeah, but he faced, he, he, um, he FaceTimes them and stuff like that. Yeah. I would just say my only recommendation, again, I mean, this is, we could have a long conversation on this because there's a lot of details. Obviously, I don't know in the situation, but I would say keeping the communication at a minimal because the more you talk to him, the more you go down that road and you guys talk outside of you and the kids, like the more you talk on that emotional level, the more these feelings are going to increase. The only way to get rid of these feelings, obviously, we're going to pray God could take them and remove them, but as you is you cutting him off? I mean, I don't see, listen, if you've, if he's abusive, you guys have gotten a divorce. I, I can't go into all of that. Um, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't, like I said, we weren't legally married. We okay. said vows. We said vows with my grandmother. Um, but, um, so you, I said didn't have like a, fact, you didn't have like a legal official marriage through the state or anything. 
No. Um, okay. I, so then I, you weren't I, technically no. legally. So then you weren't really married. You were just considered boyfriend and girlfriend, even though you guys said vows that you, you said at your grandma's yes. house. Yes. And okay. I and then I realized that God has honored honored those after the fact because of things that He kept showing, like divorce, divorce. Um, uh, why do you think but, God honored them, even if the you guys didn't get have like an official wedding or have like a pastor there? Because my grandma, anything? my grandma is a pastor. I think that's why. Okay. My grandma, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough situation, you know, like, uh, t t yeah, I mean, you want it to be recognized by the state for an official marriage. Some people can argue, well, in the eyes of God, it is an official marriage. Some people go to like a tree in the backyard and have a family member pronounce them married. I, I lean more to the side of um, you need to officially get married through the state, have like a marriage certificate because in the Bible they had certificates. They had divorce certificates. They had marriage certificates. Uh, like people in the chat are saying common law marriage is not real, a binding by the state. It's not real marriage. It's debatable. We could argue all day. I don't think it matters. I would mm -hmm. just advise if someone came to me and said, hey, I was in an abusive relationship and this, 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 and this, I would tell them I wouldn't communicate with that person. You know, I wouldn't communicate with someone that's abusive and because then you're going to get feelings again and you don't want feelings again. He's already in a new relationship. He's not a believer. He's practicing witchcraft. You're serving God. You're in church. It's unevenly yoked. This is not a guy you need to be with. And I yeah, would that's highly what recommend. He, that's what God keeps telling you too. Everything you're saying. Wow. Yeah. So I would highly recommend not talking to him. I mean, if these are his kids, it doesn't matter if you're married or not. These are his children. Don't deprive him of seeing his children. But I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. But if I had kids that I wanted to see, I'd be living in the same state as them. I'd be right there in the same town saying, hey, I want like, visitation. You know what I mean? See, my mom had to like, like the, the relationship got so abusive that my mom basically had to re-kidnap me from his house. He lives in Georgia. So my mom had to drive okay. all the way down there and come get me. Yeah, then yeah, at that it was... point, it's like, I don't know. I would say cut him off, but that's my own. My own. You need to go by your what the Holy Spirit's telling you. Conviction. I just. I don't think an abusive person has any place in your life. I don't think it's God's will, God's plan. Definitely, in my mind, it was drug abuse. It was the drugs. I think is what changed him that way. Honestly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, drugs will turn you into into a monster for sure. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'll definitely pray with you, but I, I, my advice would be cut him off and don't talk with this guy because. He's obviously abusive, and this is someone that you don't want raising your kids. If he's abuse, if he's abusive to you, he's going to be abusive to the kids as well. And I would just say stay far away from him. Uh, again, I don't know the details. I don't know why church people are saying like you should reconnect. I would never recommend anybody reconnect with someone abusive like that. But he needs to get his act together first and make you know he need he needs to put in the work. He needs to get off the drugs. He needs to get into yeah, church. Yeah, he's off he the needs, drugs. He's he off needs the to drugs. show you he's changed. Yeah, he's off the drugs, um, and he's kind of like, because, like, he's not, he fell off of Christianity, but he is religious, and he's highly aware, like, I'm aware that in our relationship, it was, it was demonic play, and he's like, whatever it is, and I told, he was mad at me, and I was, because I kept telling him God told me to leave him, especially because of how abusive it he got, um, how abusive it got, period, and, because, like, I was saying rude, mean stuff to him, not even gonna lie, like, I can't just blame him, he was, he was physically abusive, but not with hitting i don't want to get into it and i was yeah. verbally um and um after he he even said like when we reconnected he even said himself like um he was he felt something break off of him he was able to feel something break off of him after he stopped doing the drugs after all that 
Yeah, well, you need to say, uh, and I'm not trying to be rude, but prove it. You know, talk is cheap. <laughs> I, I want to see change in your life. And until I see change in your life, dramatic change, then we're not, we're not having a relationship. And of course, the devil would want you to have feelings for him. If this guy's abusive and going to destroy your life, the devil wants you to have feelings for him. Because that's not God's plan for your life, you know? So... Yeah, sorry, let, me, let me pray for you, okay? Yeah, I said, I'm sorry, it's my son in the background. Oh, listen, <laughs> I got four kids. My kids are running up and down the hall, jumping, tackling each other. So I'm the last guy you have to apologize to. It's no problem. Thank you. All right, we're going to pray for you, okay? Thank you. Father, I just pray for Cheyenne right now. Lord, I pray that you would guard her, guide her, and protect her even just from abuse and from this guy. I pray, God, that you would bring him to repentance. You would break his pride. You would just open his eyes to you, Lord. I pray for the, the children or this child, God, that you would just bring protection and love. And God, you'd be the father that's not there. I pray right now, God, that you'd be the father to this child. Be, be a comforter to this woman, Cheyenne, God. Be a love, be a comforter, be the husband that she needs, God. Be the rock that she needs, be the shelter and the refuge. Your word says you draw near to the brokenhearted. So we ask you that you draw near to her, God, and you would just comfort her. You would bless her, you would anoint her, God. Do what only you can do in her life, God. We just pray, Holy Spirit, have your way. Just release your anointing over her right now and just bring peace and rest and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, do what only you can do right now. Heal her broken heart. God, I pray if these feelings are not of you, you'd remove them and you would just bless her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, really Cheyenne. We're believing it. for you. It'll all work out, okay? Thank you. All right, sister. God bless. Have a good day. I think that was our longest episode. We've done two hours and 22, 20, why did I say 22 so weird? 22 minutes. What a great show. A lot of good questions. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.